Welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark. And then over there... Drive his boat. There he is. Over here, it's Matt. And Hi. And over there, Matt Lynch. Matt. We're, we're all, all about exactly six feet away from each other, wouldn't yeah, you say? I, 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 think, right. I think we're more like four sure. feet away from each other. Five. Eh. People listening Compromise. at home, just, not roulette. just imagine I mean, you, you don't get to bargain. <laughs> I am bargaining right now. It's the it's the last one of the last steps. I wonder how far and apart. Dabda. Like, now that we're, now we're specifying it, I wonder how far apart people imagined we were before all this. Like, did they think we were real? Cl- that we were like a foot from each other? Oh, we're, we're, all, we're all talking into the we same had our, microphone. Very our heads close. next to each other, like we were trying to harmonize with each yeah, other. Yeah, one guy's got his hand over his ear. <laughs> goodbye, like, goodbye, goodbye. We are wearing our barbershop quartet uh, outfits. Well, that's just how we dress. Baby <laughs> on board, something, something. something. Burt Ward. It's like writes itself. All right, yeah. that's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Wait, what? Less than a minute for Simpsons <laughs> reference. Pretty solid. Pretty solid stuff. Uh, <laughs> we're great. Let's face it. Are you guys getting stir crazy? Oh Me? yeah. No, I've been. Um, I'm feeling great. Matt I'm loving and I this. were talking about before we were rolling, and we're having different. We're having opposite reactions to being on lockdown. Here. I'm loving this. This is like enforced vacation. I'm stay at home dog dad right now. I'm having a time of my life. Well, you have a therapy dog. I guess that helps. <laughs> no, she's Nazi therapy dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just get better. I have two other people. You are a coward. So yeah, you have other people. I and mean, I, Molly comes home every night, you know, so we just hang out. And I watch movies. It's great. Yeah. Watch well, dog. well three, three other people. Travis lives downstairs. I mean, you know, yeah. he could, you could come upstairs. I, Trump, he's, I, he's I mad come the, upstairs he's every mad four days. You're dropping over his bridge all day. <laughs> you're stomping up the stairs. Hey, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Hey, he lives with these three billy goats upstairs. I know. This, I, know th- I get this reference, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. You got to come up and eat our porridge. Wait, I don't know which which fairy yeah, tale it's we're a, talking about. <laughs> all, all fairy tales have porridge in them. That's all people ate back in fairy tale times. This porridge has coronavirus all over. We it. just and have to. But he we don't pay him with like coins. We just leave ma- we just leave the mail that came for Travis. And he comes up and gets it. Otherwise, he'll eat one of us. <laughs> Give me my mail. I want my bonus offer from Discover Card. <laughs> Cash you back. You get so many credit cards. That's card the only contact, true. human contact that I have is Discovery trying and to, like, trying and to like, recruit politicians. <laughs> <laughs> like sending you a vote I, I wish. I would love that. I would love that. It's just Discover Card going, please. <laughs> I have eight Tulsi Gabbard postcards with your name on them. <laughs> I just want to. Still? No, I want to make sure. I want to get to the point when I've gotten like a hundred, maybe 200 offers from Discover Card. Like to please, Nobody please sign takes up with Discover. Us, and then I'm going to sign up for it and get rejected. Yeah. Just, it's going to be very satisfying. And they'll be like, you know what? Actually, nah. Yeah. And then a hundred more Discovery Cards. <laughs> Thanks. It's madness. How are you? You're doing, so everybody's doing okay except I'm you. Fine. Uh, I mean, I'm fine. I got lots of movies. Yeah, you know. a stack movies. of movies. I still have access to the Scarecrow's archives. Yeah, so we just go in there. We have keys. We can go. We can go get movies. So we we still have access to the world's largest uh, collection of yeah. movies. So apologies I, I have, to anybody who's sad that they don't. But yeah, we do. sorry. Yeah. I frank I frankly have too many movies. I always have too many movies checked right. out. But like right now, I I like you, you I, cashed I out too, when you I have got too too many movies checked out. Plus yeah. like plus Sophie asked me to bring home Flash Dance, Dirty Dancing, and. Oh, a and Footloose. So oh man, that's a trilogy. Did you bring home the remake of Footloose too? You should do that because it's better. No, I've seen. I, I've seen she didn't want to watch. Great movie. It. I've seen it. I, you know, it's better than fine. the original. The original is cornier though. It's more fun. Yeah, I mean, I do like. I do that. think. I do think the remake is technically like a better movie. Right. But uh, I hadn't seen Footloose until like last a year. He's got to dance original. it out. And it's uh, it's like not better, but it's like yeah, I like the soundtrack to this yeah. one more. You know, does, I don't. <laughs> does the remake have Christina Ricci chained to a radiator? No, but that's oh, a masterpiece. I, I love that movie. <laughs> it's quite something. Great movie. Black Black Moon, great movie. 
I, I liked parts of it, but that more than anything else was one of those movies where you're watching it and you just go, "Fuck, they made they this made movie! This, yeah. I can't believe they made start this to movie finish. Nobody finished it, it and put it out in theaters. Yeah, yeah. none of nobody who was responsible for releasing it actually <laughs> seemed to watch it because they they, they shouldn't have put that. We in the we uh, we are actually covering a movie today that obviously is not as good as that movie, but was no. again where you go like, "Why well, they finished? They made this whole movie. Yeah, start which, to wait, finish. Which one? Which one are you talking about? The Chamber. Oh yeah, oh, okay. well, yeah, I mean, geez. that's yeah. a whole and other that is and that is a movie. I mean, we'll get to it. Second, I believe. Yeah, that is a, a movie that nobody wanted to make ever. And, and, and man, I just can't imagine anybody wants to watch either. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, that's actually not my least favorite movie. We're going to talk about that's, today. That's really? insane. That's Amazing. insane. It's one I found, of, I it's found one of my uh, least one of my least favorite movies we've done on this podcast. And it was just and it was only anyway. Well, whatever. I found the, I found the first I found the client to be more boring. Huh. <laughs> oh, well, man. well, if you haven't noticed the correlation so far, <laughs> the movies that we're discussing, we are doing when you Grisham upon a star. <laughs> Or something. I, we haven't settled on it. Some variation of that. Like but it's it. three uh, kind of later period John Grisham. Well, maybe Grishmas Ham. Client is, Grishmas the client is, oh, client is right in the middle You there. try spelling that out. Yeah. I would say that like Gingerbread cl- Man, but the client, but like he had the big hits at the at first, and the client, client was and a the big client hit. Was but it was kind of the, the beginning a of the end. Yeah. Serrano got nominated for that shit. Yeah, client was a huge hit. Yeah, because that was like spawned a TV series. Because what the firm came with out with Joe Beth Williams. Really, I uh-huh. love Joe and, Beth Williams and uh, and other uh, former former, I guess Suspense Kills alumnus John Hurd. Damn, because the firm yeah, extreme alumnus that dude's yeah. in fucking everything. Was the firm like the first? That was the first like the big Pelican, 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 Pelican Brief was the first firm. one. Yeah, but when was that? And then the Pelican 43? Brief came before the firm. I think so. Mm. Or no, I might be confusing <laughs> it. It might be the first Grisham book that was the, the book might come before it. I'm not right. entirely no, sure. No, it goes the time to kill the firm, the Pelican Brief. Oh, one, time two, three. to kill, yes, yes. But but a time to kill came after those two. And the firm is probably the only. I, I recall thinking the firm was very good. It's okay. Yeah, book's better. Wilford Brimley. One of the only times, like, one of the only of his books that's actually, like, yeah, pretty so, good. So the firm and Pelican is, Brief. Uh, her, her husband doing all kinds of sexual stuff, <laughs> oral and such. <laughs> is that a line, oral and such, coming out of uh, Wilf- Wilford Brimley's? Chad, Wilford you Brimley do oral only, and such. Wilford Brimley was only 35 when he made that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, still, he still had the diabetes, though. He's only 40 now. It's yeah, weird. He's actually, he uh, ages differently. He ages, yeah, he ages differently because he's, of the cocoon pods. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's a he's one of he's a Highlander. He's like one of the immortals. Good lord, <laughs> there can be only there can be one. Only one. God damn it! Uh, Son of a bitch. So I looked it up. The, the firm bitch. and the Pelican Brief both came out in '93, yeah. and the client was '94. Because I, I remember the client. Damn. Uh, there was it was like so. This came out before Grisham, time all to kill? Time, shit was time hot to kill for a while. before those. When did Time to no, Kill? No, Time come to Kill out? came out in '96, same year as The Chamber. What? '95 or '96? Okay. Oh, I'm all fucked up on this. <laughs> time to Kill came out after those. So those first, the those one were where, the first, where those Sam Jackson goes, yes, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Because yeah, yeah, uh-huh. wow. that was the big McConaughey thing. That was like one of his. That was his. That was his big breakout big movie. Breakout movie. And so that was in yeah, and, and Days and Confused came out in '94, so that would have been '95 or '96. Well, if you didn't have the pleasure of living through Grisham mania, it, it, <laughs> it started first. This was in the it early, was like it was like early Michael Crichton too, or yes. it was like suddenly we're adapting every book by written by this guy, and yeah. it's a, and much like Michael Crichton, these books are terrible, mostly bad. And uh, but like Grisham is like Crichton was very specifically sort of like it's going to be science and uh, bad writing, and then Grisham was like it's going to be southern lawyers and bad writing, and and all of these Grisham movies. He's written a couple of books that I thought were okay. <laughs> the Firm is pretty fun. I, I, I've I have never to read assume any the Firm is fine. It's I only a good read. read. One I mean, I read I it in it. high school. It wasn't you know like it's not literature or anything, but it's fun. It's a good read. And the ending of the book is way better than the ending of the movie. The book ends way way cooler. Yeah. Does it end with it, oral and such? It ends with oral. No, in the book, in the movie, he like you know he escapes the evil 
mob law firm. He beats Brimley to death with a briefcase. <laughs> but he tells them he tells them that <laughs> because he's an attorney, that, that technically he's bound by attorney client privilege and he can't rat he can't rat them out. He can't legally say anything about what he knows. Yeah. And so they like and it's let like him triumphant. So the mob like lets him go. Yeah. In the book, he he like steals all this stuff and sends it to the FBI and gets everybody busted and steals like seventy million dollars of the mob's money and just goes on the run and that's the end of the book. <laughs> I guess they like, felt that's, like that's better. I guess they felt like that people wouldn't be on his side at the end of that movie if I they did it that way or something. I don't know. But and then and then uh, the Rainmaker is a pretty good book and it turned yeah. out to be probably the best movie made oh, out Coppola. of Coppola. Yeah, Rainmaker's good. A yeah. very good yeah. movie, mm-hmm. I think. One of the yeah yeah. That was that one surprised me, but it was Coppola, and he yeah. still has some reserves. I mean, he's a good director. Coppola and Gun for Hire mode is better than most people. So, well, what are the what are the three we're doing today? Then we're, we're doing, doing the some... client, the chamber, and one based on an un like a basically an unfinished manuscript called The Gingerbread Man, yeah. directed by Robert, 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 Robert Altman. Altman. That was which is the reason I wanted to do the Grisham ones because I'm like I want to do the Gingerbread Man just so we can like do an Altman movie. I mean, because <laughs> that's like no fun. joke. It's the best movie we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. I, I, would, uh, I mean, we'll get to it, but I almost loved it. I it's mean, pretty it's good. Fucking, it's it's also weird as hell. Yeah, that's why there it's are, good. There are elements. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it at the, the thing, end. Nothing, but there are elements that are just like what the fuck. Nothing about it that's good it has anything to do with the story or the characters. It's all just how it's made. Yeah. It's only Grisham. The plot is, the plot the is all. The plot, is totally well, the plot of all. The plot of all three of these movies. So it, this is one of those things where well, the plot of all the plots of all three of these movies are like. In the case of the chamber, non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah. In the case of the client and and Gingerbread Man are all very th- are thin and ridiculous. But like the Gingerbread Man has the uh, bonus of being made by Robert Altman, so he's got gone like he he's the type of filmmaker who's very self-aware and goes like I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna fucking do whatever. He's gonna he's gonna do his I'm Altman thing to it. Keep myself awake while I make this. He's movie. gonna do this. <laughs> he's gonna do the thing to it. And and actually everybody in it is really good. Kenneth mm-hmm. Branagh's great. Anyway, let's let's uh, well, well, we're, we're gonna start with the client. We're gonna start with the client from, though, which from director Joel Schumacher. Sit down, son. I don't need a lawyer. <laughs> what for? To protect my rights. You got nothing to hide. You don't need a lawyer. Jerome Clifford wasn't really dead when you found him, was he, Mark? We know. You were in that car, Mark. You ever hear of obstruction of justice, Mark? If I don't answer your questions, I can go to jail? Maybe. You're right. You do need a lawyer. How many cases have you won? More than I lost. How much do you cost? How much you got? Did you attempt to interrogate my client uh, outside the presence of his mother? No. No. Definitely not. Do I need a lawyer? What for? To protect my rights. You boys attempted to interrogate a child outside the presence of his mother without her consent. And if I need anything from you boys like the truth, well, I expect to get it. Which I didn't hate. I yeah. kind of didn't hate it either. It's bad. It's it's a Joel Schumacher movie, which means it's not good. But also that it, it's got a like to, at least to me a, a, like a sheen of of like d- delightful stupidity over the yeah. whole thing, where just like as soon as this movie starts, you're just going like Jesus, this Christ. is well, this is dumb. Yeah, uh, I like I and I I liked uh, I like Susan Sarandon and the kid. I like their thing in this. Susan Sarandon I, nominated for best actress, which is which is weird. <laughs> but I mean, not I mean, weird that not she's, like she's bad. But it's nothing like in this movie makes this movie. a lick of sense. No, but I like uh, I like their relationship together, and I like like I liked him a lot actually in it. I was surprised. Really, the kid? Yeah, I kind of oh, liked him. Oh boy, he was I mean, on heroin the whole all right, time. All right, no, <laughs> come on, jeez. At the at the, at the <laughs> I don't time, think he was on heroin he's at the time. Eleven. I think R.I.P. Brad Renfro, the star of this movie. But I actually kind of liked him in it. I liked. I think the thing I can't I, say as the much. The things I liked about this movie was that I 
I thought the plot was fucking stupid. I thought it was all it was it's directed in that Joel Schumachery way where it's like he's not getting in the way necessarily. It's just sort of like, but it looks it like looks good. it looks like yeah they they had the correct lighting and everything. You know, it looks like a Hollywood has that Hollywood mm-hmm. '90s sheen to it. Uh, but like the cast is just like one after every time like a, a door would open and be like, hey, there's that guy. Oh, Bradley oh Woodford's here. God, hey, the doctor cast. is the doctor is William H Macy. It's just like everybody in it is somebody, and I was kind of like, eh, that's enough to carry me through this bullshit this movie wastes talent like nobody's <laughs> oh, yeah, business yeah. it is it is almost admirable yeah. because uh, there's a squad of like bad or i don't know they're not bad guys per se but they're antagonist lawyers headed up by tommy lee jones and uh, and all of them are a person. Yeah. And then yeah, like William Sanderson is one of them. And William he Sa- I don't think he has a line. Yeah. No. If he has a line, he might go like, "Yeah." It's William, William Sanderson, Sanderson is Brad Whitford, <laughs> Bradley Whitford, and um, Bradley. There's oh god. Who's the, there's down. three of. There's three of them, and then there's uh, J.T. Walsh, who's like a FBI <laughs> agent, and he's he's the one that they kind of like bring on board. And you're like, yeah, sure, we got a job for you if you want to get out of your shitty uh, job here, and yeah. and then they di- they discard him at the end of it. Uh, Weeds plays the kid's moms. Yeah, Mary Louise, Mary Louise Parker's Parker. the kid's mom Being a, as a as a hick a hick mom. Anthony Edwards. Oh, is, the Anthony Ed- Edwards has like he's like 16th build. He was the, on the biggest TV show in the world at the time. He's 16th build in a movie. Which he, well, yeah, but this was 94, so we've been season. To just been shot. I mean, like, wouldn't have been a big deal when they filmed this. He probably was on hiatus between season one and two. Oh no, I'm just saying it's just. But it was still like that. That idea. That like, like now, uh, Reese Witherspoon is in like ten TV shows right. and in movies. And like back then, it was like no nobody who was in a TV show right. was also a, a movie star. Like yeah. there was no way that was the thing. So like, you're a big. Oh, you're a big star of a of a, of a TV show, huh? Yeah, you get to you get five lines in this in right. this Joel Schumacher movie. <laughs> it's super weird. It's just weird. Just it's like totally different landscape. By the way, they, just to, just a point. Just uh, since we're not too far from the topic, the other guy in the squad of like super lawyers, evil, evil lawyers, Doctor Chilton. Oh, Anthony Hill. Anthony Hill. Right. Yeah, and he he might have <laughs> you know, a, this a line could be and a half. Quite fun if you have the right guide. <laughs> if you know what I mean, I want to have sex with you, Clarice. She's like, I don't think so, Doctor Chilton. Doctor Chilton's like, fine, fuck you. Who plays the Who plays the sweaty suicide guy at the beginning? Uh, it's Josh Gad. It's Artie Lang. No, it's not. <laughs> Either, but I like that guy. He was one of those guys he, where I'm like, oh, I feel like I recognize him. Is he a him, Sopranos guy? Is he the principal so. in Billy Madison? I don't remember. He's a big fat guy. If you're not picking up on, uh, he was great. He's doing. He's like, he's like, there. I'm so southern, and I'm gonna. He like, yeah. he like uh, the boy, the little he's boy. By the, the plot of the movie is that the, <laughs> these little boys like come upon this guy who's trying to kill himself by like pumping gas into his car and they're like I can't let him do that and then the guy finds him and like he's like now you're gonna have to die in the it's car with so me which ridiculous. is so funny I thought this scene was amazing I mean he's like, but before I but before I kill you and me I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you where the, the mob secret of their where we buried the senator's body there, there we, yeah <laughs> so okay so he so he's in, he's in the, the, the kids are the boys are the boys and first of all before, boys, like, before all, these take, all three it, of these take place all in Savannah, of them in the south right uh, they, they all no, take place, no, they in, take the place in the south. I think this is like North Carolina. Or no, I think well, I think because Ginger Beer Man is Savannah, and I think this is specifically because I thought it was uh, Nolans, but I don't think either, any of them take place in Nolans. One of them is Nashville, or one of them is whatever city it is that has the giant uh, fishing supplies pyramid, because it's in the background <laughs> of several. It's shots. not Memphis. Most of the it, Grisham stuff is Memphis. It could be Memphis too. Um, there, there are three Who different cares? cities. It's I all the south. You know. south. It's a generic and, and Hollywood everybody's south. Everybody's doing the accent in all everybody. of these movies. Nobody opted out of uh-uh. doing the accent. So one every, person. Who? One person. Macy. 
He's William kind of doing William an H. Macy just goes like, hi, uh, I'm showing up for work and I am not going to do a southern accent. He's doing a mild southern accent, I, but he's like, I think from his perspective, he's like, well, my character is a doctor, so he's an educated man from the south, so a very mild southern accent. He's not but doing- everyone else is like, I got to go down to the river and get my filter. <laughs> <laughs> They're just everybody's excited to be doing southern yeah. accents. In I was this. I like would everyone that they cast one, was like, "Can but... I do my stupidest southern accent?" They were like, "Fuck yeah, you can!" And honestly, <laughs> too it, bad Tommy Lee Jones had already d- wasted his on uh, natural born killers, but uh, <laughs> but he he's, he does pretty good. He sucks, and he actually doesn't have much dialogue in this movie either. He sucks in this. He's barely in it. <laughs> Everything about this movie sucks. Oh <laughs> uh, no! You, even the okay. We're gonna we're gonna get, gonna get, get back to, to the this the suicide scene because I, I loved mo- it. I think that this movie I think this movie is does suck. I don't I don't think that's oh, wrong. Oh sure, but. I, I found this movie entertaining to watch, which is the opposite of how I felt about the next movie it's we're like going to talk about. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. It's just interminable. That's fucked up. I didn't notice it. I, I'm watching these movies on my PS4, and I have no oh way of checking the, the, I just the want time. You to, I just want you to know ahead of time that that's exactly right. how I felt watching The Chamber, is that I was like... I mean, I didn't I was, like that movie either. That, that Yeah, well, that... <laughs> But I thought it was like slightly less shitty than this. I, f- I found this one entertaining just because it has like, just because of the cartoonish south of it, and it and it has like forty different actors like doing their God, southern yeah, accents, like yelling at each other, and it was fun. And then what's his name? Uh, uh, who's the bad guy? Uh, Lapaglia. Lapaglia oh. shows up, and it's Australian. Like a cl- it's like a close up of his like uh, of his like gold tooth biting, like chewing something off of a knife, and I'm just like, all right, fine. And he's got a he's got a little <laughs> crucifix single ear. Yeah. He's the like, blade. Bury the blade. Bury the blade. There's like some playing an Italian guy. Bury the blade Moldano. He's playing a, a, some but mobster. They, and they, nobody, but nobody's doing those New York Italian accents because they are southern mm-hmm. Italian mobsters. So like, I won't go kill the boy. Let me put my blade in him. <laughs> it's wild. They all want to kill this kid. So they, yeah, so basically the thing is the kid finds the the. the the suicide guy tells the kid where they buried the senator's body. Yeah, he's trying to. He sticks a, t- a tube into his exhaust pipe yeah. and then puts it into the window. Yeah, and the yeah. kids and the kids' rationale for like not for like trying to st- quote unquote save him is uh, and this and this is Renfro. He's like, if he kills himself and we know anything about it, we'll be all in all kinds of bullshit. So yeah. he's just afraid he's going to get into trouble if 100% a guy kills untrue. himself. Well, because he yeah on his watch, I don't feel Cause, like well because they're poor. I think it's because it's implied because they're poor kids that they, if they you know know anything, then it's going to sure. be a whole bunch of you know the cops are going to come around and then yeah. they're going to hassle his mom and, and it's true actually because the uh, and his, you who's, know, the, who's the cop in this is uh, 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 Will Will Will, Pat- Will Patton Will Patton who's, who's, who's just a, who just hates this I've kid got a, who I've got a bunch of poor kid great Will Patton lines he's like a, he's like a, he's like the he's main like the, villain he's like the, the cop in domestic disturbance he's like your kid skipped school once he's obviously garbage <laughs> And he's not even like in on it. He's so evil no, that you, th- you feel like cop. he's in on it. He's just an asshole. Yeah. And like, uh, and then like the the guy <laughs> before, threatens Brad Renfro. Yeah. Okay. So Brad Renfro like sneaks. They're they're like in the under underbrush, and they send Brad Renfro is like, I gotta go take the t- the tube out of his. Uh, I say I gotta go I, take I that say, tube. I say, out. I say I wanna take the tube out of the exhaust pipe. And he takes it out, and the guys and he cuts to the the fat dude in the in the car, and he's going, Hey, I should be dying right now. What the fuck? And he like he gets out, and he puts, puts the, the tube puts it back, back in, in, and Brad. Renfro was like goes in there to pull it back out. It actually out. makes a slide whistle noise when he pulls it out. <laughs> and this gives you instance number one of Brad Renfro's brother being absolutely useless. Well, and then he, I mean, he's the, so the useless he practically this, dies. The trauma of this yeah, encounter renders him catatonic <laughs> permanently. 
Apparently, he is fragile. But so so Brad Renfro sneaks up again, and presumably this fat, this giant bellowing drunken fat dude is like getting out of his car and marching over there. And the brothers just says nothing, and so he like grabs Brad Renfro. What are you trying to do, here, boy? And he throws him into the car with him, and he's just this scary, loud, suicidal, drunken, fat. Does he pull a dude. gun on him or something? Yeah, he's pulling. He's, he's got, got a, a gun, gun there, and he's like waving it around. And then he gives it to the kid, and he's like, "Go ahead, shoot me. Goes, Go ahead and shoot me." <laughs> you had to be a cute ass. You had to stick your dirty little nose <laughs> in my business, didn't you? So I think we should die together. Just you and me, pal, off to La La Land. And he makes a kissing sound. So weird. And then he's. Why did they get John Candy from JFK to be this guy? <laughs> I know. That's why I kept thinking right about the right the right toe, toe, but the wrong toe, toe. He was crazy as your mama. Uh, Got a dancel over your head, Jimbo, John, and go cockadoo. John Candy doo. might have been dead at this point. Yeah. That's I, no excuse. I just, I just <laughs> love this. So it's a crazy scene because he's just like yeah. intermittently pointing the gun, and then he's <laughs> yeah. like, "It's maybe the only th- exciting thing that happens in this whole movie." Oh, sure. And then he's like, "I give you, I give you a choice. I blow your brains all over this here car right now, or you could <gasps> breathe in the, the gas. I'm gonna <laughs> splatter your giblets all over this dashboard, son." Yeah, Dashboyd, <laughs> and uh, and so like the brother, I hate this kid. I mean, he's fragile. What are you gonna do? Uh, and, but but he's like sees that the tube is 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 back in the exhaust pipe and it's killing his brother. His brother's in the car and he's like creeping up to the tight. It's just take the fucking thing out so of the exhaust slowly. pipe. And he's like, <laughs> I can't, I can't it's do so, it. It's oh, I, th- I think it's supposed to be tense. <laughs> I know, but it's you're just sort yeah. of like fucking just do it. You're right there. Yeah, anyway, interminable. It's interminable. And then so, uh, any, anyways, like the the, the uh, Brad Renfro gets out of the car. I can't remember how he hits him with a. I don't fucking know. He gets no, out of the he car. He shoots him to death. He gives him. He throws some. He <laughs> throws wish. some potato chips at him, and the guy goes, "Oh, oh, 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 oh!" Well, he throws some potato chips. He has to eat them. I gotta gobble these up before I kill this little boy. I don't waste one one crisp. We're going to Popeyes after this. Sorry, sorry, sorry for that guy, everybody. It's it's the movie. It's the movie's fault. And and so the guy, the guy is the guy is like a big caricature of a sweaty of a sweaty drunk fat guy. At this point, his brother is practically in full catatonic mode, and so Brad Renfro has to literally like like pick him up and then drop him over the bank of a river, and then the big fat guy is like, "You come back here, boy. You come back here. This ain't finished yet." And this th- wasn't and, part of the deal, and son. If, and if we hadn't mentioned, he does just randomly tell this kid like where a body is buried, <laughs> where the body of a senator that like his client uh, murdered yeah. is yeah. buried. <laughs> so the kid's got that. <laughs> Do going we ever on. establish why he is suicidal? Uh, I guess is it, the is it because he's afraid is it because that the mob he knows is where the body is and I the think, mob is going to get it's, him? I think that's yeah. it. I mean, is he just like passing? Is he paying it forward? He's like, before I kill myself because of this terrible secret, I better pass it on to this small child. <laughs> yeah, also, I think so. He also had I think other he's just like on. an asshole or something. And he's just Every like, adult in this movie. Oh, no, is but a also, piece of shit. also, I think that at the time when he tells the kid, it's. I mean, it's you know, it's still stupid, but he's telling the kid because he's like. We're both gonna die. Yeah, I might as well come clean with you. What's going on before we both die in this car? And the kid is gonna be like, I don't fucking senator. What? What's yeah, a I senator? Know. Senator <laughs> Boyd, Boyette, Boyd, Boyette. The, every every name in the in these movies. I is like stupid. Uh, I like the last. Tommy Lee Jones is Reverend Roy Foltrick, not a reverend. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but he quotes, he's just trying to roll for the governor. He quotes scripture all the time. So well, that's, in the, so that's, in the so that's his like, the, gimmick. According to someone, he only does it once in this movie, but yeah. someone is like, he quotes scripture all the time, so that's right. why they call him the reverend. He does it, he once, does in, it, he does once. it once in this movie, and then the judge is the judge like, goes, stop it. The, no, the judge actually uh, corrects him and goes like, that's not, that's not. Yeah, Ossie Davis, too. And then Timothy Jones shrugs his... fucking movie's cast. Ossie Davis, by the way, who reprises his role in multiple episodes of the client TV show. Really? He's the only He's the only person from the movie that showed up in the show. I would like to submit to the court that they replaced my brain with a bag of sand. (laughs) (laughs) As a head without a body, I envy the dead. (laughs) Uh, So the guy's bellowing on this riverbank, and the kids, and the the two, the one brother's fully catatonic, and Brad Renfro's like hiding him, and then he he blows his brains out on on the bank of the river. And then, the, and then Renfro just sort of like hangs out in the woods until nightfall. And at this point, the plot goes on total autopilot for the rest of the movie. Yeah, because the, the whole thing is now the now the DA, Reverend Roy Folger, Reverend Roy Folger well, wants the kid because he wants to know where the senator's body is buried. Cause so because he, he thinks the kid knows, something. he thinks the kid knows. Because the kid was the last person. Because the kid this absolutely knows. And he goes through, he jumps through all these fucking hoops the- to compel this kid to testify. Which, by the way, he wouldn't have to do because he's a kid. <laughs> They put, the, they put the kid in jail. They put the kid in jail, and they're like at a jail, and, and, and like at a real jail. What, what I love is that they they do all this shit, and it's like all, I mean, spoiler alert. All that ends up happening at the end of this movie is they eventually agree for the kid to testify, and they get put into Witsec. And it's like you could have just done that. Like, there's like a part. There's like this like, kid. This, like Tommy Lee Jones's whole plan is like, I'm gonna compel this child to testify. I don't care what happened to him. Uh-huh. And it's just like, why? But it's you could have avoided all of this. It's about how the legal system doesn't work for some people, Matt. It's oh. about how poor people can't get I, it. Hypothetically, these 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 I mean, poor people would absolutely that's what it's supposed to be. About. It is like a senator's murder, and he, the kids got like valid, vital information about it. They would absolutely get into a witness protection program. They are immediately. That's the first thing they offer them. By the way, witness protect. These are dirt poor, and it's a single mother, yeah. and she works at a fucking yeah. They'd be shop. like, "You're gonna wait. We get to move, and you're gonna buy us a house." <sighs> it is a, th- a witness yeah. protection a thousand percent better than their yeah, situation. Seriously. a million percent. All better. your all your debts are wiped out, <laughs> and the kids like, "I want to, I want to testify." But at this point, his brother is <laughs> is fully catatonic. And uh, yeah, the cops are involved, and this is when Will Patton gets involved. Oh my and God. Will Patton's kind of like, I know that you know, uh, <laughs> I know that you know something. And you can't. And again, like, listen, listen to this dialogue that I'm going to quote. You would assume that Patton is like working for the mob or somebody. It turns out he's he, not. He's not. No, he's just you, a shithead. You, you do think he might be throughout most of the movie. He but goes, he's just a dick. You better tell the truth, otherwise he'll end up in some. He's talking about his brother. Otherwise he'll end up in some institution for. For dirt poor, crazy people with padded walls and cockroaches and uh, <laughs> chained to some filthy bed with snakes. And he gets cut off. Not right in my at, mouth. Right at snakes. Like snakes. What, 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 where are the snakes involved? <laughs> it's like the mental institution in Return to Oz or something like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, that, I mean, this, this is why what I liked about this movie was that it was like, it's like it's like stupid and you're right there's it's on autopilot and it's just like you're just like waiting for it to be the part where it turns into a, a from a dumb lawyer movie into a dumb uh these them trying to find a dead body movie but i enjoyed like i was like what the fuck is going on here Will Patton, i enjoyed the cartoonishness threatening of it. a kid three times yeah. kid oh. goes to jail breaks out of jail he breaks out by of somehow jail faking ptsd in he a fake- way that they never explain he fakes being sick or whatever, I guess. He somehow got his heart rate to go up. He's like Hannibal Lecter, this fucking <laughs> Yeah, they're he like, you're like, oh, his he... heart rate with his brain. He's great. 
He's like, he's wet. He's soaking wet, and he's covered in his heart rate is but through the roof. Before all of that happens, he yes. like he he realizes he needs to find a lawyer, and so he's trying to find a lawyer, and he goes to a bunch of different doors Absurd. in the lawyer building at in in wherever town he lives in, and he's like, there's he like, a big sign that says lawyer building, and he like goes into one, and they're like, kid, you, we're not gonna lawyer for you, and he's like, fine, and then he opens another one, and there's some guy in there, and he's like, nope. He opens another one. And there's a dude in a tuxedo getting blown by a guy in a bear I know. costume. You might as well been. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then he ends up at Reggie. Is oh, you, he's talking about the one door that he opens, and he goes, "No, nope. yeah, because it's yeah. a fat because it's a fat it's a guy. Fat guy. Yeah, nope, <laughs> no fatties." He goes, "Nope," and then he and then he walks in, and this kid is, is this kid is like a like a man from the fifties or something because he walks in and sees uh, Reggie Susan Love. Sarandon like cleaning a uh, drapery or something. And he's like, "Excuse me, can you tell me where the lawyer is?" No, he says he says her name because he says, "I'm Reggie looking for Love. Reggie Love," which is you know under could, could be a could dude's be name. Is a dude's name, and she goes, "She goes, goes I say, I'm, I say, I'm, I'm Reggie Love. Love. You found Reggie. You Love found right Reggie. Here, I'm boy. Reggie. I answer to the name of Reggie, <laughs> Susan Sarandon." <laughs> Help yourself to some of these greens. I'm sorry, I thought you was chicken feed. I got a whole plate of cornbread here. You want to help me put it away, boy? <laughs> and then they, then they, Anthony <laughs> put Edwards, extra molasses in this cornbread. Anthony Edwards is her assistant. <laughs> he shows up. Yeah, Anthony Edwards, huge TV star, has you know, like we discussed, five Anthony lines. Anthony Edwards is like, you want some Kentucky bourbon? <laughs> I drink bourbon like water, literally, because I don't drink no water. And uh, Kentucky bourbon and black licorice for you, boy. Anyways, the kid is the kid is not in addition to confusing her her name with the man's name is is like after this like oh you're Reggie fuck this no women lawyers no women yeah, lawyers he does actually say that or I should say fuck this no women lawyer no tanky ma'am hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> And she's like, everybody talks. This is like going to be the movie. whole podcast. Sorry, uh, blame John Grisham. I'm what you be calling the client here. <laughs> I'm your client, Mister. Uh, anyways, uh, so then there's like a t- like a tug of war of. She wills. becomes his lawyer. She becomes his lawyer. They tra- they like do a trick there where he goes in to get isn't questioned she like by dis- them. Isn't and- she like disgraced somehow? Uh, she's, she's like not, 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 not in the really. eyes of the law, but she is a former drunk and possible oh, drug right. addict she because be- her children have been yeah. taken for, taken her from chillings her. Her children got taken away. She <laughs> became she like <laughs> then she put herself through law school after that, uh-huh. and so she's like so she's sort of low on the lawyer. You know, she's like a right. she's like a lawyer in over her head because she's going up against the the big fish. You know, right. Tommy Lee Jones and his cadre of suit guys. Right. And J T Walsh. Yeah. Is an FBI agent who just wants who who just wants them to love him. How many appearances of JT Walsh on this podcast now? <laughs> three or four. Three or now, four. Right? Yeah. Hopefully, I just, many I, more to I come. I could not figure out why the relationship became so adversarial here. Like, can't? Why didn't the like fucking district attorney and the FBI just go like, yeah, give them whatever they want. We need this testimony. They they don't start there. They, they like get there by the end of the movie. But I don't. Yeah, I don't. No, know. they start. They start it like we are gonna fucking railroad this kid. Yeah, they try. We're to, gonna rip out his tongue and and see what he says. <laughs> they try to yeah. trick him and they like record this conversation. They're trying to record and they're like, "We got this kid." And then Susan Sarandon comes in and is like, "I'm his lawyer." And they're like, "He he don't need no lawyer. He don't need no law talking lady." Oh, That's, and you no. get one of those classic like. Uh, Room full of of uh, powerful men underestimating a yeah. plucky uh, lady lawyer who comes in there and like shuts them all down. They're like, "Well, oh shit, we underestimated her. We're gonna have to rethink our strategy here." Uh, strategy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of the whole thing is Susan Sarandon trying to like basically protect this kid from yeah. the law who's trying to get him. Meanwhile, to the, meanwhile, the mob is trying shit. to kill the kid. The that's mob right. is trying to come after him, so it's. Uh, 
who's the who's the main guy that they're sending after him? Who's that actor? He's uh, not not Lepag. Oh, Kim Coates. Coates. It's Kim, Kim Coates. Coates. Kim yeah. Coates Kim from Unforgettable like, and, Cause, cause, and the Last Boy Scout. That's yeah, because oh, yeah. Lepag- Lepaglia is like is like the nephew of the um, of the mob guy or no something like that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. and so he's but he's got his. So it's like he's like the guy who's like I'm gonna kill him. But well, then he's, he's the like guy I'm he, gonna send my guys. Didn't to, he, my guys didn't to he kill the senator? Like yeah, he wasn't supposed to do that. Right, he took it too far. Yeah, so. He, you know, so he's already in a little trouble. So he's like, now they got to kill this kid and his whole family to like cover up what the kid knows because the kid knows where the body is because the fat man told him. Unbelievable yeah, I got this. Bullshit. I got this line where Lepaglia. I mean, it's, it's, it's like an airplane novel, right? It's shit yeah. you're supposed to read while you're like, oh, like yeah, this is a bullshit, but I got me right. through. Okay, here I am now. I'm in Toledo. Yeah, <laughs> or wherever you were going. I did this scene where Lepaglia is talking to his <laughs> his uncle Joseph, and Lepaglia is one of these like hot headed gangsters who's like, and he talks like this because he's Australian. I think Lepaglia here. It's right. No, he's got a dumb southern accent like everybody else oh, in this yeah. movie. Uh, and at one point is wearing a mesh t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I love his I love weird. his outfit. It's so weird. That's the that's the shirt he's dying in, spoiler alert. His costumes in this movie are great. But this is him talking to his uncle Joseph and he's one of those like hothead uh, gangster enforcer guys who's at the at the, the his his handlers are at their wits end. He's well, like, he's like you, a, got, you got one last chance, boy, cuz you too much trouble for he's us. He's like uh, Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos yeah. where it's like that guy kid is only still alive because Tony Soprano is his uncle. That's yeah. right. <laughs> like he's like, eh, we could kill this kid, but this guy would; these guys would be mad. Yeah. <laughs> so but this we is won't. him talking about the suicide of the the fat guy, and the guy, we're just gonna call him the fat guy, I guess. He popped I like mean, a balloon. Son. I <laughs> mean, does anybody remember his name? I hope that. I don't know. It's, I got, probably got it here. So we could call him the sweaty guy, but it doesn't quite describe him the right way. Yeah, it mm. partially describes him. Sweats yeah. and Fatman. I hope that it hoit that fat bastard. I hope that bullet was slow. I hope he felt the top of his head pull right off of his ugly face. Yeah, I love it. That's so good. It's a Joel Schumacher movie. Yeah. I mean, hey, and and you, hear, you hear, actually hear him go, cut, were we in focus? Let's move on. We got it. Put him in a mesh shirt later on. We're good. Uh yeah, and so uh, and it's just like that's that's the whole plot of the movie is, a, I mean, is the kid trying not to testify wish against done the mafia. A time to kill. It's talking about this now is making. Does that qualify as a suspense movie? No, it, does, it, more it doesn't. Drama? But I mean, I mean, it, there's more to talk about anyway. <laughs> yeah, like that's what's funny is that I can't. It's so weird that you hated this more than Chamber because I haven't hated a movie as much as the Chamber in a while. I'll tell you, Ooh, I think like, it's, I think like it's I, because I actually that, that sat down so like because I, I watched the client and the Chamber back to or not the client and the Chamber back to back. I watched the client and time to kill back to back one uh-huh. night when I watched these and so like this one was the second of that bill okay. and I was just like asleep and I watched the chamber on a fucking airplane so, so I just couldn't asleep. get away <laughs> so I was like I was just kind of like this is better than not doing anything yeah. you know yeah. is know it though true. I don't think that's true anyway no, I'm, it's I'm, it's fine I because I'm not trying to defend this no. movie I'm just surprised because I found this like at least I found this kind of like entertaining just just in that way of like what this this movie is so dumb, but like you watch this, like it's it's a, a cast of people that you we see now in right. retrospect, and we go like, "Fuck, man, yeah, they got all these fucking people in this movie, and it's and it's so stupid." Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> some of the people that weren't famous then, this was a year before Macy one uh, was, you know, before Fargo came out, before Macy kind of blew up, and yeah. so like he just pops yeah, up Macy's as a doctor. Some guy. He this. pops up as a doctor who like ca- who's like, "I'm kind of I'm I'm I care about this kid. I don't think that you should railroad this family into." He's uh, the only voice of reason in the entire movie, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> except for Mary Louise Parker, who I think is supposed to be on pills or drugs oh, yeah. or she, something. She comes unraveled at a certain. 
certain point and like screams at, every, at Susan Sarandon, like, get away from my boy. Stop trying to protect my boy. Every scene she's in, I'm not sure. Like at the end of the movie, even when they're like getting what they want, I'm like, is her character still supposed to be on pills or something? I mean, I don't like, know what's it's a happening. weird character. Other, other than or her is she performance. she's supposed to be poor. Other than her performance <laughs> in Weeds, this is a Mary Louise Parker performance where she's like nervously smoking cigarettes and kind of hesitantly barking her dialogue. Yeah. She's she not a good actress. She lost her job at the sweatshop. I mean, she's a bad actress, and this is a this is a standard role for her. I honestly did not. I've never seen Weeds. I don't. I'm not very familiar with Mary Louise Parker. I kind of thought that this was a no no name actor because I thought she was pretty bad. In this. She she was perfectly calculated <laughs> so to be to in her one a, good role. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised to hear tomatoes. it's actually a famous actor. No, good guess. No, Angels in America. She plays. Uh, she plays she great in the wife in, in Angels in America. She's fantastic in that. But also, that's Mike Nichols who can you know direct an actress, not like fucking Joel Schumacher. Oh, he's just Joe Schumacher's just like oh go ahead and go do whatever ahead. do what you want are we all getting paid is the camera on perfect Every, everything's you can see everything clearly and I say that as a man who does not hate his Batman movies I sure you can't hate them uh, no, they're but not they hateable are, they're like I the, hate, the worst I, thing I in the world I absolutely hate uh, Batman Forever uh, Batman, Batman Fever. Fever Batman Fever I think is terrible Batman and Robin though masterpiece Bat- Batman and Robin yes. <laughs> yeah Batman and Robin I mean I would I would defend if yeah. I defended against I Batman to Forever. The death, sir. Batman Forever is just a fucking piece of shit. It's mostly bad. It sucks. It sucks so but hard. It, but fucking if, Val if not Kilmer, for that God fantastic damn. Tommy Lee Jones performance. <laughs> Val Kilmer is so boring. Yeah, he is. God, it just reminds me how God fucking Val Kilmer. Oh boy. But here's another here's another reason why I can't hate the, the, the movie client because here is I just like the I, movie I, client. I got another scene where Will Patton is threatening. Yes. Will Patton is going I after this kid a lot, and I it's like think I think it's like, like three scenes. Everybody's after the kid. It's supposed to be like. Because it's supposed to be like that this poor kid can't catch a break. And like the cops are after him just because they don't like him. Like this guy, right. the, the law hates this kid. I don't because trust he's poor. no poor 11 year old yeah. boy. It's amazing. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so is, funny how like how time. mad they, how mean he is Listen to him. Listen to this shit again. Just to some regular, some re- he's not in on anything. He says, "If a kid had been involved in a moita, they got a special little kid-sized electric chair." Yeah. I, saw it, I saw it once. It was about so high. Did you know that when somebody gets electrocuted, the current is so strong it makes the blood in the veins boil? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he says this to this kid. This electric chair only knee high to a grasshopper, son. <laughs> there's, there's, make you rattle like a Katie did. Kid is a And this is the, this is like, by the way, this is the cop who's like, who's, you know, should be, should be essentially the voice of reason. Meanwhile, like, also, uh, Kim Coates like corners the kid in an elevator and is like, I'm gonna cut you open. I'm gonna kill your fucking family. I'm gonna cut you from you your asshole to your appetite. <laughs> he doesn't actually say that. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut you from your scrot to your throat. <laughs> Balls to bones, baby. <laughs> but uh, but like so like meanwhile like like nobody's any help for this kid except for Susan Sarandon who hides him out and then eventually they like figure out that he tells her where the body is and then they go and it's, it's after she finally earns his trust by like confessing some very sad stuff about her own yeah. life and then and then we get the inevitable stuff where she's like now this I see him as like my kid yeah he's like my kid you see it's that kind of it's that bullshit too Got it. it's that bullshit where it's like that like she had to have lost her kids to like you know cuz she's mm-hmm. a woman and so it's like but mm-hmm. I'm like cuz she's I'm like his mom now it's like that thing they do for women it's like that that thing from the director's cut of aliens that I actually kind of like yeah. where it turns out she had a daughter right. I find it interesting but it is like you it's know productive in that yeah yeah exactly but uh it's the whole the whole idea that like that 
you could have the Susan Sarandon kid character not have the tragic backstory sure. and still just still like, works. and still like the kid or but, advocate for her client. Right, like uh-huh. it's it's like that. <laughs> That's she the title like, of the movie. Like hey. you, don't, you don't need her to be like oh because of my thing. You see, where I have a tragic backstory of sorts. Okay. Like, well, I don't know if we need that, but whatever. Then they go look for a dead body, which is, which by the way, is buried in the boathouse of the of the fat man's. <clears throat> here's the here's the thing, house. and I, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but. The, they never would have found that body. <laughs> they never would have found no. the body. It's not just buried underneath this guy's bo- the boat in a boathouse. It is underneath concrete. Yeah. And so... They never would have found it. It's just in a nobody needs years. to be worried about any of this exactly. shit. Exactly. It's wild. Well, no, the mob... Well, no, the mob... They would have had to... They were going to go had, dig it up. Unless they had gotten... Oh, you mean the, like the mob guys, would, they would have never figured out where it was. No, if, if anybody the looking mob for knows the body, where it is. No, the mob knows where it is. Yeah, yeah. that's why... They, but they don't need to go, like, bear, dig it up and, like, move it or anything. Oh, yeah. Because they're worried that the cops are going to get it, well, right? They, that's the, the, kid, the whole concern. The kid knows where it is, though. Yeah, exactly. So they think that he's But the kid ain't talking. But they don't know that. I guess he could well, be right. But kid, like, they, okay, it look, doesn't. Yeah. They don't know that the kid hasn't told his law, his lady lawyer everything. Mm. You know, right? So again, they could have just put the kid into Witsec and gotten the testimony they needed. But they drove him to a lawyer, which exacerbates the problem. And then at that point, they know the mob is chasing the lawyer and the kid because they have multiple encounters where, like, they see that the mob is trying to get the kid. Yeah. At this point, that's a that's an arrestable, indictable. Like, they could have just gotten these guys anyway so by the time this is over and the kids in Witsec and he've gotten his testimony everybody involved in the murder is dead so it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah none it's of this true. involved none of this matters at all because they're gonna go after the mob and the guy who actually did the mur- the hit, is, the hit has is been taken dead. has been taken away by we don't see him die but he's been taken away by he's gonna right. die wearing a mesh shirt so so he died with style he died doing what he loved he was, wearing a mesh he was shirt. a big fan of scott glenn in <laughs> urban cowboy it's really funny because it cuts to it's like towards the end of the movie and it just cuts to him going like god damn it this didn't work out the way i wanted it. and he's wearing a mesh shirt and you're just like what Okay, man. Nobody's been nobody's worn a mesh shirt at any point in this movie. It really comes out of nowhere. But this is but this is after the scene where like there's the big climactic showdown in the boathouse, which is super. Where dumb. the kid is like getting pulled through a ceiling window while the gangsters are digging up the body, and then he drops the boat on someone. And then their their strategy to like evade the gangsters <laughs> is to severely endanger to an elderly couple that lives next door, who yes. are but who are who are who are armed, who are armed, but they almost get shot because yeah. the gangsters unload. Basically, Susan Sarandon is looks like she's going to shoot uh, Anthony LaPaglia, and then she shoots the alarm right. of the next the paranoid next door neighbors. Who instead. have signs up everywhere that are like, "If you're on my property, even a foot on my property, I'm going to blow your fucking dick blow off, blow your dick right off." And, the, and then blow this, your dick old, to Dixie. this old couple comes out like, "Who the who going around our yard?" And then the guy the gangsters just <laughs> who did the gangsters just open fire. On the, gangsters on the old open couple. fire, and it just and it, and it hits like the handrail right next to them. Like these guys, and then they go, "Who? Oh, they run like, oh, go the cops! Oh my god!" <laughs> Back into the house for us. We got lucky on this one. <laughs> Ethel, lock the doors. Yeah, and that, and that's... we shouldn't have. We shouldn't be so bold about shooting at people. <laughs> <laughs> they might have guns. <laughs> Put the horses away. Uh, that's how that well, sells know, out. That, it, ends, it ends with the ends how the Second Amendment wants a good guy with a gun, uh, yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And then Susan. No, they don't shoot anybody, right? Does she shoot? No, no. they just get away. They and just then, get away. And then the even body, the guy who had a boat dropped yeah. on him survives. And the best part is at the very end of the movie when they go when they go to like they get in Witsec and they're like on a plane, they're flying away. The the Brad Renfo and his family, 
and they said they're tearful the, goodbyes. The little brother never does snap out of it. He does doesn't, he? which I liked, which <laughs> I liked does. actually, because I was like, I was like, kind of like, oh man, it's gonna be a scene where they're on the plane, and then it's like his little brother comes up and they're like smile, but he didn't. And I was kind of like, yeah, I like that. That brother, that boy, still might be in a coma for all yeah. we know. He's in a coma because he saw a scary uh, thing. But One like of the last but shots, like, yeah. But they so they do this, and Tommy Lee Jones is like this, you know, publicity seeking lawyer, and he's got so he's got like the press he's ready. For he's got now. the press ready to go, but like. This, he's they the him and his like team of guys still haven't we, we know that they're not lying about where the body is right but they still haven't seen the body right and he immediately goes from putting those kids on the kids on a plane and going like goodbye to like a press conference going like we've got the body and you're like you don't though yeah. you don't you don't know you've literally found out where it was two minutes ago and now you're going like we've got a body don't worry we got the body. like you know who else knows where the body is the mob they might move they it before might you move get it there before you get there yeah we don't know you don't know. It's pretty bold, anyway. Yeah. And then they and then they do. But it's the kind of movie it is where it's like we don't care. And, like, and who gives a shit? It also does. It does the thing because it's Tommy Lee Jones, who's a big star in this movie. Like at the end, you're supposed to be kind of like I like him. He's anyway. all right. He's okay. Because he was like the and he's like one of the antagonists. He offers Susan Sarandon like, a job. Yeah, and, she, and she turns it down. We could use someone like you working for us. <laughs> Not in a condescending way either. <laughs> no. She's like, no thanks. I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep Fluffy. representing kids who witnessed Shitty. suicides. <laughs> Or whatever, <laughs> protecting them from having to testify against the mafia. That's both my thing. The, the the chamber also does the same thing in a different way, but also it's like you're supposed to kind of be sympathetic. Well, with well, the well bad let's, guy. we'll get. We're gonna get into that. Yeah, it's fucking we're ridiculous. We're getting the weeds with that piece. My of shit. oh my. This uh, is a different. This is a piece of shit that I was like, "What a piece of shit!" And that's a piece of shit where I was like, "God damn, this fucking piece of shit!" This is one of the pieces <laughs> of shit that I have full on Helsinki syndrome with. Yeah. As, that's where. As that's, where I, that's where I. That's where I. And oh, I was boy. just sort of like, "This is not a good movie," but <laughs> yay! Yeah, that's kind of that's that's about where I was. Where I was like, it, and it's seriously the kind of movie where I literally was like, every time like a different like character actor showed up, I was like, "Oh boy," yeah. you know. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" And I, one and after I, another. And I could tell you, I was barely even paying attention to what's going on in the movie. I'm just like. Ooh, here we go. Right. Hey, look at this guy. Oh, now Mary Louise Parker's yelling at, a, at, at Will Patton or whomever. And Hey, there's J.T. Walsh. What the fuck, J.T. Walsh? I love this guy. No excuse for all that talent. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but I love that shit, you know? I mean, yeah. you can say the same thing about Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon <laughs> is, is a much better movie. It's better directed. Uh, it has a plot that uh, actually amounts to something. I mean, it's barely, this is barely a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I oh, just I, I just said that to get you started. Just just one uh, just one other thing to, to no, point no, out. No, don't do that. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's I'm just the, saying. I'm just saying. Both that's the movies, red button, button you do both, not push. Yeah. Both movies uh, are like are like have a lot of talent that is incredibly wasted. No, I, I don't. I don't agree that anybody's talent is wasted in Armageddon. I know. I'm just. I just wanted to hear you say it. I just, yeah. I'm sorry. We're all on lockdown and stuff. I got to hear. We're going I don't, a little story I don't crazy. This enough. I just want. I know. Sorry. I'd be remiss not to point out one one delightful detail that I that I quite enjoyed, and it's a split second of the movie. But they do um, after the mobster guys have like kind of uh, busted through the concrete that the body is buried underneath. They do like open up the bag that is holding the body, and you see a Skull covered in maggots. Oh, no. It is Jason Voorhees. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Voorhees was the guy. That, that's, he was the senator. That's senator. Oh, was senator Jason Voorhees. Senator Jason Voorhees, the honorable. <laughs> they put a hockey mask on him. It's only <laughs> it's only like a half second, but it is gross. Yeah, it's pretty it's gross. Quite something. I always love a good yeah. maggot encrusted skull. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I always say? Uh, you always say that. I do. 
Um, I just have like one passage of dialogue that I thought was really funny to kind of give you an idea of the tenor of the drama when this movie is in a dramatic uh, phase. I thought this was like hilariously stupid, but uh, but this is when uh, Susan Sarandon's about to is like sharing her pain, and uh, and the kid and the kid's like mad that he found out that she was an alcoholic and stuff. And he goes, "I should have smelled your breath before I hired you. That way, I'd have known you was a drunk." She goes, "I have been sober for three years." Yeah, right. That's what all this is what the kids says. Yeah, right. That's what all the drunks say. <laughs> how they're going to get sober and all. They even say they love you, but they don't. Then they come home wasted and beat on you and your mother so bad that you got to hit him in the face with a baseball bat. And then Susan Serena goes, "You're talking about your daddy, aren't you?" <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. You think? Well, it's what if the, he's like, "No, that was just for hypothetical." The, for the people in the cheap seats. God. <laughs> in case in case Amazing. you don't in case you don't get what he's talking about. <sighs> And another fun detail, because he's talking about how shitty his daddy, and everyone's calling their father or dad a daddy in this, because I don't know if it, it, it must be My true. daddy's daddy, and his daddy's daddy. Every, there's no Nobody uses another word for that particular family member other than Senator daddy. Senator daddy. Senator daddy, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, he, the kid does, Brad Renfro does say that his daddy made us, made us sleep in the street. Which just kind of makes me like. All right, boys, I want y'all to lay down (laughs) right there on that road. Right there on the yellow lines. Like, get your sleeping bags. Sleep. If you see any bright lights, don't just ignore them. (laughs) This is going to be like that that dare that they did in the program. (laughs) Remember remember in the movie The Program? Remember that movie The Program that your daddy liked so much? Your daddy loved that movie so much. Did anybody like that movie? I haven't even seen it. No, but kids actually did that. They had to pull it from the theaters for a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, got, I already got the Will <laughs> the Patton, uh, Will Patton, and threatening dialogue, which is the the highlight of the movie. Yeah, uh, there's uh, not a lot, a lot of it, uh, the rest of it is just just uh, actors that are that are better than the material <laughs> doing cartoonish southern accents. And yeah. J.F. Sebastian not saying a goddamn thing, <laughs> just getting getting his paycheck. I, did he even get a paycheck? Don't you have to have a no, speaking he doesn't role? Get, to he get? doesn't get paid anymore. He yeah. just, he makes movies on a volunteer basis <laughs> oh, now. God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ratings, one and a half Juds. Oh. I was bored stiff by this piece of garbage. Mm, man. Zero Douglases. There isn't an ounce of sleaze in it. Yeah, nope. I don't know. No? I don't even think there is, is there? Did we miss something? Did Me- I mesh shirt? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 mesh shirts, so. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to give it three. Jesus uh, Christ, three shots! <laughs> but I'm not going to down to two and a half because I did not know it was two hours and twenty minutes long. Fuck That's unex- me. Unacceptable. I mean, my it, maybe it's not. It wasn't my memory. All right. No, it is. It is too long. It's, it's, it is. It is like t- a little over two hours. Ugh. So, but it's not two twenty. Yeah. So it's not. Either way, it's not good. I did enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours and five minutes too long. I'm gonna give it one Douglas for that mesh shirt. And Anthony Baglia wears it well. Let me just point out, it's very he's very he's fit. no Scott Glenn in Urban Cowboy. No, no. Well, who is? Uh, and then I'm gonna give it uh, one uh, Jason Voorhees skull. <laughs> Senator Voorhees. Senator Voorhees. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going two and a half. Also, I enjoy yeah. I, I I I enjoyed the movie despite itself. Uh, and. Uh, them so two two and a half Juds uh zero zero Douglases because nothing um and I'm going uh, ten out of ten Coma Brothers, yeah. Co- Coma Brothers Coma Coma Boys. There's only one Coma Boy. One out of one then. Yeah. The other the other boy in a coma at all. He's yelling the whole one time. Out of t- yeah. What ten out of ten Coma Brother. Ten one out of ten, ten a heroin addicted co- ten year old. Oh man. Yeah. 
Uh, well, Apparently the kid was bad news, even on the set of this movie. Smoking cigarettes and what have you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was say. just getting into the role. He yeah. smokes uh, cigarettes in this. He, he's, he's a bad kid. Kid's such a cigarette his, smoker in this, this he his, needs them sometimes. This was his first, uh, his first movie. Yeah, they did an extensive talent search I, I liked, the kid. I, I actually liked Brett Renfro in this. I thought he was good. He's like one of those performers. Mark okay, Sway. I can't. I can't Everybody's got a goddamn stupid shit-ass fucking name in this movie. In all these movies. I can't speak for the rest of his family, but... <laughs> I, I hated. Here's the thing. I hated the next movie as much as Matt, but I probably won't see him as angry about it. But I tell you my ratings right now: zero, zero Johns, zero Douglases. Make and then it's up to you guys to convince me to br- bring it higher than that. Okay. Well, it's not gonna <laughs> work. I'm not gonna do anything. It's not gonna work. No, no. I mean, not not up to you, but I mean, as we discuss it, perhaps it will. I'll bump it up to half a Judd. I uh-huh. absolutely hated this movie, The Chamber. Thirty years ago, in a small southern town, a crime was committed. So far, all that's been recovered are the bodies of two small children. A killer was apprehended. Did he do it? Oh, he did it. There's no question that he did it. Not a good day to see Sam. Why's that? He dies in 28 days. But the truth is still at large. I mean, death penalty cases have been handled. This is my first, but I am going to save you. You don't look like you could save a turkey from Thanksgiving. And why in the world would he hire you? Sam Cahill's my grandfather. What do you expect to find here? Oh, Grandpa, do good? I don't know what I expected. Sure you did, grandson. Behind a past... I'm here to defend your father. I understand. I understand nothing. No one wants to remember. There's some things I can talk about, and there's some things I can't talk about. Are you hiding something from me? And a crime no one can forget. Absolutely, I fucking this was this for, for me was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is the movie because <laughs> it's ba- first of all it's barely a thriller, which sucks. Yeah, it's like it's one more of, of a it, drama it does, with thriller. It elements. does have thriller elements, but it's like this. It's this bullshit. It's this bullshit where it's like that you're. It's about an unrepentant racist asshole. Yeah. who you're supposed to. Th- Sort of think who, is who, not so bad. Who like maybe shouldn't get the death penalty because he possibly didn't commit this one crime, but definitely but the movie, did. But definitely did commit other murders, and so he definitely <laughs> does deserve to be in prison, if not fucking dead, because he's right. a piece of shit. Well, I mean, I think the argument that the what movie the is the, the argument that the movie is making <laughs> is 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 a good one, but it makes it very poorly. And the argument is that you know the state shouldn't have the power to execute people. Of course, but. That said, the the test case we've chosen here is not necessarily the most it's compelling. It's so bad. It is John Grisham's Dead Man Walking. Yes. And uh, speaking of and speaking of like wasted talent, like you got Hackman, Hackman. in here doing his thing, and you just like Hackman given a hundred percent. He's given a hundred percent. And you know who up. else is given a hundred percent? I believe Chris, Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Oh, and he can't, poor and he can't, Chris O'Donnell. He can't act. He can't be. He's, he's given a hundred percent, but the battery's dead. He he's he replaced. I, I was texting you guys about this, and he's replaced uh, my. Uh, I think I hate him more than I hate Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy t- up to wow. this point was like I would describe him his acting style as if you were watching a blank piece of paper, <laughs> and Chris. O'Donnell even somehow, in Weekend at Bernie's too. Even in anything he's in, crazy. Uh, but uh, even in this, Chris O'Donnell somehow surpasses that by trying to act serious. And when he does his serious acting, he seems like he's falling asleep. It's, it's wild. He's like he like has he like he's like eyes are half lidded, and he's like I'm being serious. And you're like, are you tired? What uh, happened? He's very bad. In Do it. another take, please. This movie was directed by James Foley, who's made a, several appearances. He on made this podcast the, you know before. what you know what came out the same you yeah. know what came out the same year as this hmm. Fear, Fear, also yeah. directed by him. A which, movie that which we liked. A movie that. 
is like, but like, yeah, it's a movie which I liked, but is also stupid. But I mean, he, did, like, he did Glengarry Glenn Ross. But this I movie mean, couldn't like be more. Director. This movie couldn't be more boring. Right now, like it's it's shockingly dull. From, it's very for dull. What it's about the reason I bring it up is because he was he was a replacement because originally this movie was supposed to be written and directed, not written, but uh, directed by Ron Howard and okay. starring Brad Pitt. Can you imagine wow. Howard? Okay, so I read. I can about, imagine it would have been slightly more, ex- slightly more exciting. But okay, uh, the best part of this story is I read that that Howard decided not to direct the movie while it was in development based on quote a hunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and know? then and then he left, and then Pitt bailed after Howard was out. So this is like cobbled together at the last minute. But Hackman and was then on John, the whole time. And then John Grisham like was like talked. He didn't talk shit about it. He was just like everybody fucked up in this movie. I fucked up. We all fucked up. Yeah, it everybody. Was a everybody who made this is aware that it's bad. Oh, uh, Bo Jackson's given it except all. for Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. <laughs> it's the Bo. It's the, the it's name the Bo, Bo Jackson, Jackson came up, and I was like, oh, one of some actors got the same name as nope, totally Bo Jackson. As like the kindly <laughs> prison guy. Bo does movies apparently too. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. They give him so many lines. They give him a lot to do here. Way too many lines. Yeah, he uh, got you know he's a very good athlete. Yes, let's put it let's put it that way. I still believed his character more than anything. He's probably the most credible character. Yeah, he was more. His character's five lines were more compelling than anything Chris O'Donnell says in this movie. Even when he's yelling, he might have close to ten lines in this movie. Really, he's got he's got a whole deposition and it it just goes on and on. It was a movie where I kept getting up and going to the kitchen to do stuff, and I'm like, I gotta go do the dishes, and I was like, wait, I have to watch this movie for the podcast. I have to pay attention to it fuck and i was like I, I just was looking for chores to do while i was watching yeah. this movie i was like literally anything we can't go outside right now so i couldn't like but i was like you know escape. you know i couldn't it was no like escape. i can't get away from this fucking movie i got video of uh, bo jackson's uh, testimony in this movie i'll put it up and, and it's just like it goes on it goes on so much and you it, 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 as it goes oh, along yeah, that's right that's as it goes along scene. you feel more and more sorry for bo jackson being like why did they give him so many lines <laughs> It just keeps going and going. That poor guy. Oh, ridiculous! And Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. I like her in this. Faye Dunaway and Gene Hackman together mm. again. Yeah. In, not, uh, not not quite as good as Bonnie and Clyde. Not no. quite as good it's, as Bonnie. It's not and quite Clyde. as good as that movie, but uh, together again. Long but what long. is Noted it? Nightmare? Faye Dunaway. She's playing his daughter in this too. Yeah, uh-huh. Gene Hackman's daughter. I don't know that. I mean, Chris O'Donnell's aunt. So, well, aunt. well, that's the the, the, whole, the whole the whole plot. Like that's his mom, the, right? Plot. Explain it. No, no, I believe aunt. it's his aunt. Okay. Yeah. So he's he. So the movie starts in the past with uh, this just Jewish lawyer. <laughs> this is the oh, only. Okay. You know what? This baby. is the best part. Of the I, movie. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I changed my rating. I know. I'm, I don't know. We're supposed to get half be. a judd now. <laughs> half a judd because this first scene and the, and then the filmmakers know this is the only exciting part in the right. movie because they show it. They put it. They pepper it throughout the movie. <laughs> they just like whatever the movie seems to be getting extremely boring. They'll be like, remember this? Show that part again. Right. <laughs> This this Jewish this Jewish lawyer, uh, his office it made me gets, laugh gets blowed up and his children are killed. Well, it opens with him like waking up with his wife and they manage to get like a reference that they are Jewish, right? Like very like like well, the, like the, his alarm clock is a menorah. Yeah, so he like <laughs> his wife goes, "Wake up, honey, you're Jewish. We're all Jewish." Can I get the lot, cousin? You know, like it's just constant. <laughs> it's not very tasteful, and uh, but but it's not a very long scene, so they had to get that in quick. Because yeah. it uh, actually it actually isn't. Somebody's it, 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 say, it, it also wouldn't be clear that this these characters sure. are Jewish, right? <laughs> 
and uh, and so and then he like gets up, gets gets his kids in the car, and uh, and everyone seems very happy. And you're like, oh, they're fucking dead. No, it's yeah. only a matter of how many of them, how many of them die. And how and how, and how <laughs> hilariously is that the wrong well, so word? The, I feel it is. His children are killed in the explosion, and he loses but, both of his legs. But the, the way that the, but way the, that the shot the, scene the plays shot out. is yeah. like because and you and you know it. There's a shadowy figure across the street from yeah. this building, and then these two kids are. It's like straight on shot. <laughs> they're out, they're and hanging out they're, the window. They're both hanging out of either window, <laughs> and they're looking at each other, going. They're, nah, nah, nah. they're calling. Each other, no, no, no. Stinky heads. each other stinky heads or whatever and then boom the fucking building blows up and i laughed out loud and i had to rewind it no cut. Was, it's no cut it's a special effects shot yeah. so the kids the, the kids are hanging oh out the God. window and then the building just explodes and then in the same shot it says the chamber yeah and this was <laughs> and and like I, okay it was right after that moment i think i texted you guys and was like well two stars at least because that happens and then this movie somehow fuck, somehow fucking fucked it up so bad I was, like, it away. I was like this movie can't be worse than two juds because it had that, so it's gonna, it's gonna, and then it was just like Jesus Christ. This I mean, movie two judges is so what I'm giving it. So, but one, anyways, I'm Oof. just saying half. It was like, but ha- I guess half for that. Plus, like throughout the movie, they'll br- it'll come up again. It'll be like they'll it'll like just get mentioned and <laughs> they'll cut to that shot again because yeah. they're like this is the only thing that it, it is much even like remotely exciting. Has in one this great movie. scene at the beginning of the movie, and <laughs> but I think that go. I also, but I think this the difference between that for me between this and the client is that like that at, at, for me had like performances that I was like whatever this is fun to watch like I was fun to watch these char- these actors like act and this has like arguably one performance Gene Hackman being good I like Dunaway in it too yeah, she got nominated for a Razzie for her performance in this. <laughs> yeah. Did she? And, it, and hilariously, because when I read the entry on Wikipedia, it says Faye Dunaway was nominated for a Razzie for worst actress, but didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's too bad. But it's just so. But it's like no, nobody Lost in this is Susan nobody in this is having <laughs> nobody in this is having a good time. The movie itself is about such a bummer. It's such a bummer. Yeah, thing. it's like it's about a guy who's in prison for blowing up some fucking kids and who's a fucking racist and who's on death row. And Right. Is death row the suspense. okay? And it's just like Jesus Christ. The fucking movie is like such a. It doesn't turn into a thriller until like the last the thirty time. minutes, and then when it does, it bar- it's very it bad at it. Does. The yeah, suspense of the movie, such as it is, is whether or not a guy that we hate, who we know is a murderer, is going to die. Well, the suspense of the movie is <laughs> is is also that like whether or not this guy who we know is complicit in murder actually right. intended to blow up children. But doesn't right. matter because he's an unrepentant racist who, you know, and an, and an actual murderer. Because like the the thing that he well is, he kills somebody in, else yes, too. Yeah, he is in uh, the, the he is uh, on death row for this explosion that we see at the beginning of the movie, uh, uh, the killing of the two kids. And this is why the well, entire no, the entire state of jo- oh, wait, Mississippi, Mississippi. Georgia. This one takes place in Mississippi. Does I it? looked it up. It? Yes, Jackson, okay. Mississippi. They all have they all have those uh, <laughs> those racist flags. Yeah, they all they, they all is, have the. That's uh, an amazing detail because there's a demonstration at the end, and it's all people there to cheer the death of this uh, famous racist, and people are waving confederate flags. Well, no, there's because there's but there's also the but and, they're and not there's they're also not on his side. No, yeah, yeah, but then there's also the neo Nazis there. Yes, there's like right. that, and this is like the what was the other the one we did betrayed. Yeah, this handles it's very this much is, like betrayed. Very much handling the the neo Nazi thing in the similar way. I felt like where it's like, isn't this a weird thing and it's so weird to watch these movies now yeah. and be like yeah weird <laughs> yeah right yeah weird <laughs> such a fringe oh. movement well yeah there's <laughs> nobody nobody that believes in this could possibly be president yeah this movie much like <laughs> betrayed is is sort of like and i have a really fascinating roger ebert uh, quote about this that was kind of what i was trying to articulate in um 
Uh, when we were talking about Betrayed, uh, I'll just pull it up now. But it, uh, but it, much like Betrayed, it is filled with racial epithets. So we're, yeah. we're just dealing with tons and tons. And poor Gene Hackman, I don't know how, how he felt about having to say this stuff, but it's just like the shit that he has to say. And then there, there's a, a racist guy who turns up later who was like the Raymond actual Barry, mastermind yeah. who turns out to be like it's even a, worse. It's, a it's Raymond J. Barry. And the shit Raylan that Gibbons that guy dead. says. Yeah. The wrong kid died. Wrong kid died, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's lots of like horrible shit, just like Betrayed has, where you're just like, Jesus Christ. Well, um, but but this, this is what Roger Ebert says. Uh, Roger Ebert gave the film two stars out of four, remarking, in the early days of X-rated movies, they were always careful to include something, quote, of redeeming social significance to justify their erotic content. Watching The Chamber, I was reminded of that time. The attitudes about African Amer- Americans and Jews here represent the pornography of hate, and although the movie ends by punishing evil, I got the sinking feeling that just with the old sex films, by the time the ending came around, some members of the audience had already gotten what they bought their tickets for. Oh, my God. That's fucking... I'm sorry. No, I am not going to... Look, this movie isn't even worth indicting on a bad fan argument. That's so stupid. I'm oh, sure. some people got their rocks off being hearing a bunch of racist stuff in it. Come on. That's I'm so lazy. I'm not sure that I agree with that exact take, but I do... I think that a lot of the, the language is in there for salacious purposes. Yeah. Sure, but I mean... I don't think it's supposed to go like, come on, racists, co- racists come out and see this movie. We'll say all the words that you love. I think it's just yeah, more like Yeah, but that's like, effectively is, what he's saying. That's what he's saying, but I, I think that it's it's more the the case that it's like uh, come on out and see this movie. We're gonna say a bunch of scary, shocking. I'm not, shit. I'm not gonna argue that this movie is like has some degree of verisimilitude or realism. It needs to be applauded, but I mean, I just think that this is a stupid argument. I hate the bad fan argument. Somebody might get the wrong idea from me making a movie. Fuck that. That's stupid. I'm not gonna put up with it. I think it's just the lamest, most laziest form of criticism to say like. Well, uh, whatever my intent was doesn't matter. Somebody might get the wrong idea, you know, uh, despite the fact that clearly this person is supposed to be awful, but somebody somebody might think that I had a good time saying the N-word 50 times. It's, it's fucking lazy. Mm. But I, Ebert, I, Ebert, yeah. Ebert had his share of lazy arguments, and this is definitely one of them. Yeah. I, I do think that this movie does throw around a lot of that, and then it's but it's in service of, like, this bullshit <laughs> Yeah, it's a shitty movie. You can argue that it's like in service of a piece of garbage. And I think you can throw, you can put that in a movie and have it be in service of something. Right. It depends and this, on this the kind of movie. This and is, this is, not, and this is not the kind of movie that should have this sort of stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, this, this is like when we were talking well, I mean, about... this movie should have been made in the first place for all kinds of reasons. This is like when we were, the, the last episode <laughs> when we were talking about uh, Simon West making sure. a, a movie about like, right. about rape and stuff. It's just like, this just doesn't belong in this type of movie. Well, it's because it's because they turn, it's because they're turning it into a thriller, you know, at times where it's like, uh, you know, it's it's still, it's not like a, like a movie like Dead Man Walking, which I haven't seen in a long time, but I remember like, it is like it is asking the same questions like you know but not saying this man shouldn't die but right. like what is he is he still even a person you know right like this movie and I, doesn't go to that at all and this but that's like that's the kind of movie this should be sure. whereas this goes like this is the whole thing is kind of like um, the miss the mystery of if he actually did do right. it is like we're supposed to be excited about and you're kind of like I don't care plus the show us other scenes of him actually doing racist murders yeah and yes. you and you that's go, the other like, thing is like he he also we find out later actually did kill a dude kill a black 100%. man hundred percent. For for just for no reason, in cold blood, yeah. And so you're, I don't know. It's kind of it's it's hard to like go. It's like, and I think that's part of the point. Is it's supposed to? You're, it's making it hard on us, but it's like you've made it impossible for me to care about this no, guy's about shit. this guy's like last minute 
tiny bit of redemption. And like, and and more to the point, the main the main character's issue in this movie is like, oh, I need to get back in touch with my family and my roots, and I feel ashamed and separated from my family because my my grandfather was a racist murderer. And it's like, and then at the end, he's like, no. You know, I still, I still have love for him. I forgive him. Who cares? It doesn't. Cares? It doesn't work. No, and it definitely okay, doesn't and, yeah. work. It, it, it never. Because Chris O'Donnell's his grandson. Never I don't know if we said that. Chris yeah. O'Donnell has. We to, haven't actually gotten into the plot of it at all. <laughs> I mean, that's the plot. I mean, he's his grandson. Yeah, he's his grandson. He's who, trying to get him off. He's he, trying to defend him pro- from, he, from death row. He's trying to get him out of death row, not out of prison necessarily, yeah. but out of off of death off row. Off of death row. And he's like essentially to prove to prove that he didn't that he didn't do. That he didn't do this bombing, but he was in pl- He was he was deep in with this the clan and all these mm-hmm. like these like this group of that, yeah. That and then it bomb. turns out that this other evil clan dude also like he more, was the one who evil. who made the bomb so that it would kill the kids as yeah. opposed to just you know scaring somebody. Well, and they, a bunch of and bullshit. they ri- lightly tread upon something that would have actually been really interesting, but they don't really talk about it much. Where they're talking about um, how like KKK people were working in interest of like these citizens councils, uh-huh. these white citizens councils. And sovereign societies, sovereign commissions, sovereignty commissions, or something sovereignty, like that. Sovereignty, yeah. Where it's and then like the implication would be like, okay, we we look at this as being like just these bad eggs, but they are all operating on behalf of what the entire or the entire right. like uh, leadership of white Southern uh, populace was, and they just sort of touch on it, and that's it. Yeah. Because it, cause it does go really interesting. It does go all the way to the top at the end when they're trying to get him off death row, and they've essentially proven that, like, hey, he didn't do this. Here's here's where all the stuff they like, you know, the the governor or whoever calls up some senators and goes like, mm, well, there's some stuff that these people are poking around, and you might not want to see. And yeah. that's but it's one scene, and that's it. They kind of like paper over it. So it's kind of like, and oh, then a lot of the, uh, a lot of this movie really doesn't uh, doesn't ring true. Too sorry to skip around, but a lot of the stuff doesn't matter. A lot of the stuff about how everybody in the South hates this uh, un- unrepentant racist murderer guy yeah and you're just sort of like i don't know if i buy this yeah they're they're embarrassed by his racist legacy it really has this feeling of kind of going like hey that's what hey things were like that back then yeah they're like i mean i think it's also like that he's a child murderer too like right so that it's kids yeah you know but also there's like a stupid cartoonish thing where like this there's like the one group on one side and the neo-nazis on the other side and they like go they're like gonna fight each other when they're outside the prison gates it's so dumb but at the but at the end (laughs) when he's like about to get uh about to get gassed to death it, it is a crowd of all people who are like in support of him being killed and they've got a bunch of hilarious signs i'll get to that later um but like but you see american flags being waved and every all the signs are like kill him and then there's also confederate flags being yeah. waved too who are going like yeah as confederates as people who proudly wave right, the symbol right. we also stand against this kkk yeah, yeah, yeah. guy and you're kind of like eh. You see a lot of like well-meaning anti-racist sentiment, and then it'll cut to a shot of like the Capitol building of, of Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> right. with like a Confederate, Confederate flag, flag swaving from yeah, it and yeah. stuff. Yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, it doesn't feel like we're. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's quite, a tremendously, quite a good face to face argument. Tremendously misguided movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, not as not as appalling as like the general's daughter. No, it's just um, stupid and boring. Because it's not. Because it's not. Because like the general's daughter had the was like the type of movie that like was misguided and then also was like <laughs> made by a guy who's like what if we make this look cool look rad i mean on a technical level that's way better directed than the chamber absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean this this movie could this movie couldn't be less couldn't be more boring yeah as far as i'm concerned it was so I liked, dull I and then chris hackman, o'donnell runs off crying i liked hackman a lot in this i thought he was really He's selling it i thought so that the, hard i thought that the scenes with I, faye dunaway were pretty fun on the like the ain bancroft and malice level where she of, was just like sloshed 
Yeah, out of context, maybe. <laughs> it's just in the context of the whole movie, I was just like, now Faye Dunaway's in this thing. Yeah. I, I just felt bad that Faye Dunaway was in the, you know, I was kind of uh, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't feel bad. She got paid, I'm sure. But, you know, I was just sort of like, ah, I like Faye Dunaway. Nah, don't put her in this. Okay, whatever. Like Chris O'Donnell, fine. Throw him under he's as many terrible, buses as yeah. you want. I'm sure, I mean, whatever. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Whatever he does now manages a Best Buy or something. I'm sure he's fine. He's, he's, he's not. Joe, he he's not, Joe Charbonnick's personal he assistant. Was, he's not. He was. There was like that that whole era where it was like Chris O'Donnell was in a lot of things, and I'm like, why? Why? Well, how did that happen? Son of a woman. How's a skin boy? Son of a woman, I guess. Yeah. Oh man. And, and they uh, wanted to put him up against <laughs> another cantankerous old man. You know what worked great was where he was with a shouty old yeah. weirdo. So let's get him with that, another one. Tell you, tell you a movie that, that hasn't that hasn't stood the test of time. Sent a woman. woman. I, oh, I'm dying to watch that movie again. <laughs> I watched it maybe six eight months ago. It's unbelievable. That's part of that it, that end scene oh. where he just like threatens. Oh, bad man! He threatens everybody and says he would burn the building down, and they end up standing. It's like a standing, standing ovation. Out. You're like, what the fuck? That movie hey, is. Hey, what's us all? That dead? movie is about uh, is about a, a, mo- a man who is so awful. That everyone loves and respects him. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Can we do that on the Patreon someday? Oh, I would love to. Oh. I've never watched it, so it I guess I'll have to. It is so fucking Fuck funny. Yes. And all of Pacino's dialogue is like chef's kiss, Pacino shout oh, stuff. Man. It is fucking great. How's your skin, son? <laughs> I like my aids presentable. Are you sharpshooting me, boy? First you're going to pull KP. <laughs> Then you're going to give me 20. Then you're going to give me 20 more. In the snake pit. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it says say the grease pit. The grease not pit. He's just Man. yelling the whole time. Yeah. There's this is one of Matt's most oft-quoted oft lines. It's so good. I, I love, love that shit. And when he, they go to Thanksgiving dinner at, at Bradley Whitford's house, it's like, oh, my God, it's so good. I have a pretty, I have a pretty great line from Gene Hackman. You want to you wanna get into it? How many uh, N-words is in it? I'm going to say N-word, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's also another uh, racial slur in it that I'm going to uh, use an acronym for as well. Okay. So fill that in yourself, guys. But uh, but this is one of those scenes, and, and I think this also happens in Betrayed. These are both just baffling, weird movies to me. To just, like, the idea of reading this screenplay and going like, yeah, we're going to make this. This is this is why John Ron Howard had a hunch. Oh, yeah. I think is that he read the fucking screenplay and was like, <laughs> I'm not going to make that fucking movie. Are you kidding? Kidding me? Yeah. I'm Ronnie Howard. I'm gonna make this movie. He didn't. He, he didn't. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, this is where like Gene Hackman's really trying to get real because I and there's probably is some which truth happens that, like five times in this movie. He's like, let me tell you how it's really tell you how be. it's really gonna be. It's got this fucking bullshit at the end too, where he like is like the real the person I was really trying to to kill was me. Uh, the person oh, I really God. hated. The person when I really he, hated he, was, yeah, was me, and I was just like, and I'm I in a in a different movie like Dead Man Walking. Yeah. Right, that, that's that, a very different movie. It works, but it but it's the same. Th- it's about the same thing about it like is, a guy absolutely. who's going to his death and and like kind of realizing like owning his humanity and owning up to what he was and what he did at the end of his life. Yeah. And in that movie, it works, and right. it's like it's meant. It's that's what the movie's about. And in this one, it's like fuck you, yeah, isn't fuck this so much? And, I'll get to and it. Hackman, I like. I'll get to I it. I think afterwards. he's good in this, but I I only think that's because Gene Hackman is good. Right, it's just I think it's Gene literally Hackman's because good. Gene Hackman's good. And you go, you give Gene Hackman the phone book and Gene Hackman would you'd be like Gene Hackman was great in this he yeah. put a lot like of, Gene he, Hackman's not really bad in he anything. said too many n-words when he was reading the phone book so. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't think uh, uh, that's not written in that phone book uh, Gene. Uh, don't you that? tell me how to do this I'll hit you with a fucking golf club you piece of shit I didn't know this was gonna happen. fuck this I'm gonna welcome to Mooseport <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm a real, real cantankerous bastard. Real oh, hard, real oh, hard to work that's with. That's why you did the chambers because that's what yeah. you really like. Oh no. Anyways, this this is what he where he tries to break it down, and this also happens in uh, in uh, uh, Murder at 1600. Yeah, and Murder at 1600. No, the other the Tom Berenger movie that we were talking betrayed. about, betrayed. Oh, betrayed, where they like the the racists, and this is probably true, but they all like these these liberals. They yeah. they deep down inside they believe it, and it's kind of like I don't yeah. know, not, not really. I don't know. But uh, no, I just watched some of the Hunt yesterday. Speaking oh, of that, that was a shit. bad one. Yeah, anyway, he goes. Uh, yeah, you can pretend you're offended by this, but deep down inside, we both know there's a part of you that agrees with me. If you're driving a car and some drunk JB cuts you off, what do you think? Do you think all oh, that African American? No, you think N word. Yeah. If you had any guts, you'd admit it. Jeez, I don't. And Chris do O'Donnell's that. like, I don't agree with that. No, that's not right. goes, he snaps him and goes, hey, wake up. Wake, wake up, because huh? he'd fallen asleep. Oh, law, I'm law, sorry. Writ of habeas corpus. Uh, um, I am a lawyer. Lawyer, is, are we done filming the movie? Can I go home now? <laughs> And then, and then uh, this is actually kind of a funny, a funny line, but it also features the N word. Yeah. But this is where <laughs> a lot. It's all. It's in this movie. It's a in lot. this movie a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Travis it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> kind but, of a funny but this line. is where he, he's like thing. up against. Uh, he's up against the. He's been up against the law for this bombing, and he is a murderer. And uh, but he goes, I feel like those. I feel like those white guys who always lose to the N word globetrotters. <laughs> The Washington. That's Generals. not where they're from. <laughs> they're from. They're from Harlem. They're the Harlem Globetrotters. Come on, Hackman. Jeez, you don't know shit about novelty you basketball. Know anything about novelty basketball? <laughs> do you? Do you think? That, Did you guys ever see the Globetrotters? Do you think that when play? he watches the Globetrotters, like, because, I mean, he's already a racist, so he probably hates them. But yes. I mean, do you think he hates them even more because they're cheating so flagrantly? <laughs> that guy's he's using like, a ladder. He's like the liberals will let them get away with anything. <laughs> The he thinks it's real basketball. Yeah. Fake, fake news. <laughs> fake news. The, the Globetrotters didn't really win. They I cheated. thought the generals were due. ESPN also fake news for not calling the Globetrotters out on their flagrant <laughs> cheating. You guys can't use a, a yo-yo ball. Why does that guy have a fishbowl? <laughs> did, did you guys? Have you, did you guys ever see the There's Globetrotters? There's a swimming pool on the court. Absolutely. I never have. No, it was great. Yeah, I was like came five. To the sun dome when I, I was bet a kid. it would be hilarious. I was like five. It was. It was awesome. You know, all I, all Curly, I barely Curly just died the other day. I saw that. Oh man. I just remember that. Like I. I had a friend of mine because I was like five, and they, like he was in the front row. I remember, and they like they. I remember they took his so- they took his soda. I was like, hey, I know that guy. They like took his soda at one point and like drank it. Like, ooh, did some like oh, club drive shit with it. Classic stuff. Yeah, you know, while they weren't while they weren't weren't playing basketball, they're just goofing around. And man, good uh, club drive. Then they won. And they won. They, they won. always win. They yeah. won. Did they win the game? You saw them? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did they, they ever <laughs> lose? No, I don't think so. That's not really the point. <laughs> I mean, I just wonder if they ever like you it know wasn't did it, an actual. It was like no, I just mean like did they ever like was there ever one where they just threw a, like they did a game where they oh, lost like no. as a, as a guy yeah. like like Matt, like that one episode of Matlock where he uh, he he gets a he gets a woman off who actually did the murder. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then she kills him. No, no, uh, no, that happened in MacGyver. Did you know that the the origin of the uh, of the Globetrotters was that they they were a legit basketball they were, team? They were based on a John Grisham novel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in the forties or fifties or something like that when. The, when the uh, when the uh, there was a racial division in the league, mm. the Globetrotters would go around playing white teams and kicking their asses to kind of like demonstrate that uh, black people could play basketball. It was like a re- and they were That's real amazing. competitions. And then eventually, that kind of like when they started incorporating black people into the NBA, they, they didn't have any need for it right. anymore, and they became a novelty uh, basketball yep. group. But they were like an actual thing. Uh, yeah. Before they would, they would, they uh, would play actually, like Duke. That's actually really sad. That yeah. like you know the Harlem Globetrotters, you know they're a terrific basketball team, and then once once the, once the league was integrated, they decided to shunt these actual players off into the fucking minstrel show. Pretty much, that's terrible. 
But then, like, the actual talented players could just sure. be on real teams. And of they'd course. be like, if you can use a ladder or a yo-yo ball really well, <laughs> you can really just spin a ball on your finger and then switch it to the other finger. Uh, you know, hey, they got great. to be on Scooby-Doo. They got to be on Scooby-Doo. I was they just going to say, that's a lucrative career <laughs> move. Meadowlark Lemon. Mm. They had, they, I think the Globetrotters actually had their own, sh- maybe their own Hanna-Barbera show briefly, too. You know, the, the Harlem Globetrotters should have been in this movie. <laughs> oh. Just the mere mention of them got us off topic. <laughs> I mean, oh, Bo, Bo, Bo okay, Jackson's uh, in it. Oh, Bo Jackson's in it. And then... Um, just to, spoil, Wayne just, to spoil, up. just to spoil the ending, he Wayne does Gretzky. he does get the gas chamber. They don't get him off the gas chamber. Chris O'Donnell's very very upset, and he runs away. He runs crying. away, and then he hugs Faye Dunaway, and then the movie the movie's over. <laughs> but it, like it's excruciating, it's excruciatingly drawn out at the end, where it's like, is he gonna get? Is it gonna get him? It's just like, oh god, just fucking give him the gas chamber or don't. I'm I'm generally Do opposed anything. to the I'm generally opposed to the death penalty, but not in this movie. Kill the, just a, get the, kill the guy so I can stop watching it. Yes. I, I, My I, enthusiasm I, for I'm this po- movie has been given the gas. <laughs> I'm opposed to the death penalty, but as far as creating suspense with whether or not this person that we no, know for a fact murdered a person in cold blood, even though that's not the trial, the, the crime that he is right. on trial for, uh, it's it's not like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, don't kill that guy. I just saw say the but, N-word yeah, a thousand times. The suspense of the movie is gone at that point. No, if there ever was There really any. isn't. It's not much of a thriller. They like try to, but it's like dressed up like a thriller which makes it more ugly same same similar problem with general's daughter but like i said on a, on a lower scale but similar problem where it's like addressing real things that are like there are there are actually are movies about this that are better and then this one's like what if uh, but what if we make it sort of like a bit of a grishmy thriller and you're like <laughs> why and don't know don't do that what <laughs> there's a there is a, at least one scene where uh, chris o'donnell goes to do some to do some research he's looking for the main bad guy he goes uh, to what did you say oh, the actor's they, name was raymond j barry yeah raymond j Barry Raylan Givens dead. He's because because he figures out that Gene Hackman isn't actually good at yet. At he doesn't gadget. know how to make bombs. He doesn't. Have, he's not good at gadgets. He can only do like a real basic bomb. And the bomb that blew up this building was like a timer bomb. Yeah. And Gene they Hackman could have never put the play together. school thing in jail. And he's like trying to put the square peg <laughs> yeah. into the round hole. They're like this Go guy in couldn't hole, build God a bomb. Damn it! <laughs> he's calling. He's calling the thing the N word. It was really unpleasant. Bad scene. Uh, and uh, and <laughs> said 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 everyone about every scene in this movie. Yeah. And so and so he goes to this like. Weird anonymous, just sort of general redneck party to like. Uh, I don't feel like it's even necessarily a white supremacist party. It's just sort of like a there bunch are black of, guys. A bunch they are, of, they are, yeah, they're, they're playing black, Cotton Eye Joe. It's a, on the, <laughs> no, it's a. It was a black guy and a uh, a white guy like fighting, they're fighting. fighting like cage you know, cage match. But out, but outside it's just a bunch of like burly guys in denim chugging beers. Yeah. Like they're all chugging beers all the time, and and it's kind of like, ooh, this isn't uh, the kind of place it's, for a uh, namby pamby Chicago boy to be. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets there, and he and then he spots uh, he spots the guy that he's the guy that he's the bad main bad guy that he's looking for, yeah. and then a bunch of like punk uh, racists presumably. Yeah, like, you got the punk rock kind of like the skinheads, I suppose. Like beat the shit out of him, and uh, and then the main bad guy like points a gun at him, and is like, "You don't want to go looking into Eve, the nature of evil, boy." Oh, Jesus like Christ! That. He's got a whole speech about the nature of evil. This is, and this is where it's briefly. This is like where it's briefly a thriller, and the scenes where they talk to some FBI guy and are like, "Who who really did it? And who what did did he do it?" Did he do it? Who did it? Here's the thing that I find interesting about this. Movie. Is, that's as thrilling as this movie <laughs> And it's, sim- it's symptomatic of a, of a thing that happened in sort of these, let's call them issue-based like dramas or thrillers that came out during this time. And it still happens today, but it was more prominent back then, which is which is the shitty both sides argument. Hmm. And it's that they, uh, they offer you just enough, quote-unquote, moral ambiguity so that the audience 
doesn't have to make any uncomfortable judgments. Oh yeah. Or feel weird right. about what's going on. We can be, we can agree that he's bad, that he's racist, but also feel bad that he's executed. But it also just sort of lets the audience off the hook to not have to put any effort into considering the actual issues at work here. Beca- yes. Because it's because it's it's like generic. It's, it's generic. It's generic entertainment. Right. It's made by an entertainment conglomerate. Like and we, it's not, we all hated. It's not a movie that's right. made by people who are passionate about these issues. We all hated the general's daughter, but. It does take a bit of a firmer stance on the ideas that it's talking about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean it's still terrible for all kinds no, of no, reasons. No, it, it, it at least it, it's paying mouth service, going like this is bad. It picks a side <laughs> and is like this is this is sort of you know uh, indisputably awful. You know, yeah. whereas whereas like the chamber kind of is letting you have it both ways. It's certainly never going. It's never sitting there saying like, well, it's okay that he killed those kids, right. but. It's sort of like letting you. It's sort of offering you this humanity and sort of saying like, "Well, does this this mitigates it maybe for you?" This doesn't. This inter- the, the, what you're talking about, uh, or at least a part of what you're talking about, is this argument that Chris O'Donnell comes to make uh, in the like latter parts of the movie, where he's going like, "Well, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get this guy off." Yeah, yeah. It's just it doesn't. None of it looks good, and uh, and he and so he's gonna make the argument that Gene Hackman just didn't have a choice to do any of this stuff because he was raised four right, generations right, yeah. of KKK right. guys raised by. And he, you know, there's like a picture of him in a history book of like being a little kid while there's a hanging, uh-huh. uh, a lynching, and it's and it's and it's just sort of like he makes a whole impassioned speech about like he didn't have a choice yeah. when it yeah. came down. He was to made it. racist. He wasn't. He born was made racist. racist. There was no other way. There's no other way this right. was going to plan pan out than he it ends up like blowing up a bunch of yeah. uh, uh, people and cre- and doing hate crimes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just sort of like <laughs> it's pretty anemic. Know. It's a weak argument. I don't find that particularly. The lawyer compelling. doesn't go like, "Well, that's pretty thin, counselor, but I'll allow it." <laughs> it's, he's just some automaton, and like yeah. he never had it, you know. Well, and he even, and then at the end of the end of the movie, when Gene Hackman gives his little bit of a like, uh, quote unquote, redemption speech, uh-huh. he's he does say that he's like, "I had my whole life, and I, you know, he's essentially owning up to it." But yes. it's you know, it, for me, it was too little, too late because it was sure. like this. But I already hated the movie. You know, but it was like he, he's that's what he essentially says that like, oh, also you know, they I, can't, I can't just blame that I was raised that way. Although, like it is, you know, it is worth bringing up that that doesn't come from yeah. nowhere. Like, you don't you know, you're not also uh, the, the the there's a plot point that like, OK, so his name is K. Hall. He and changes his he, name to Hall. Well, Chris, Chris O'Donnell's family side, side of the family names is named Hall. Yeah. Because they've sort of uh, d- estranged themselves from the family legacy. <laughs> but they, they have like a bunch of money and stuff now, and they're like mm-hmm. society people. You don't see them like Faye Dunaway's character is like this society woman, and she's traumatized from seeing her father murder this black man. You don't see her like donating money or anything like right. that. She's just she's just a soppy drunk. Well, she just doesn't want to. <laughs> she just doesn't want people to know that that was her dad. Right. Sure. Because so so sure, of course, because she's like this society person now. Also, we didn't even but talk she's not, about. She's the, not doing anything with that. You know. What we I mean? even talk about the only other interesting thing in the movie to me was the whole story of Chris O'Donnell's character's dad's suicide. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that's right. That's he right. He tells the whole story, and it's like kind of like whoa, because it's because he blames himself for his father murdering that. Uh, 
that oh, other dude. Oh man, yeah, that's because he because he blamed because yeah because he was like because it was not his fault but it was because it was his friend. Yeah. He, he was he, fighting with his friend who was Quince, Quince Lincoln. Yeah, and a uh, black boy, a black a boy. Black boy yeah. And the black boy's dad would would come to the house and like work around the yeah. house and stuff like that. So they knew each other, and so he was fighting. And then they were, but he was fighting over a toy that he thought Quince had stolen from him. Yeah. And then so that's where the altercation started. And then uh, and, and then it this ends with Gene Hackman shooting the kid's father. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and deliberately, then it just in the it, front yard, and just, shoot, just murdering in front of everyone, in front yeah. of his kids and stuff. And yeah. then the dad, as a child, went to his room and found the toy, and yeah. so he hadn't stolen it after all. So he was kind of like slightly responsible. This, this he shot himself right then and there. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but then he's this responsibility is also pawned off on Faye Dunaway because she was watching, and there's an implication that like if she had just gone, Daddy, no, then he wouldn't have done it. Oh, later we find out that's not true. Yeah. Well, I think he might be saying that to <laughs> like uh, get to make her feel better. Yeah, it's it's all kinds of trying to make you sort of. Uh, feel for oh, racist yeah. a little bit, uh, but then the the that but and Chris that this, le- and that this dad, like, legacy of racism is just kind of like, like ruined uh, destroyed you know, this whole and, and that it's like it's no it's really nobody's fault. Uh, you know, yeah, it's I just mean, here. Yeah. Here's a, a there's a scene in this that is but obviously <laughs> supposed to be very serious, but it really made me laugh out loud. Where because he, he's and he's talking, it's very like lots of details all of a sudden coming at you. Where Chris O'Donnell goes, like I found his body. He's talking and, to uh, the, and he's talking to the the mom of the kids who got blowed up at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, and he's like, uh, and I and I found his body, and he had arranged these towels around the where he was going to get it done so he wouldn't make a mess. And you see that, but then it cuts to like this so card she, that he left, and this blood his everywhere. Blood Blood everywhere. <laughs> so that plan didn't quite pan out. No, and he and he left it's a just note splattered with blood. Yeah, yeah, I, I laughed at that too. I was like, "There's blood everywhere. What the fuck?" <laughs> good, thanks. Good, nice thought with the towels. Good, thanks, though. thanks, Dad. But he left Weird. a note. He left a note for him because he knew he would be the one home early, so he would have to clean up, clean it up before his sister and call the cops before his sister got home. And he's like, "I was 10. <sighs> and so it's like the whole idea that like this. You know this racism is passed down, and it's destroyed. It's destroyed this whole family, and not only destroyed that life, but the life of this other family because the dad got injured, or the two boys got injured in the explosion, and then later killed himself. Mm-hmm. So, boy, yeah, there is there is a a, right. a headline that I that I really enjoyed that pops up at one point. These are these like headlines are almost always hilarious in movies because <laughs> they have to like they're doing a bunch of like easy storytelling yeah. shortcuts. But this one in particular, a lot of the times that they, they tell you stuff that's important for the story, and then you go, "How did that make the?" T- right. the t- <laughs> but this one is socialite is racist killer's daughter. <laughs> That's like the that's her worst nightmare too. The fucking headline. That was a slow ass <laughs> news day right there. That's on the front page. It's it's at the top of the front page. It's the number it's the one banner headline. headline. It's, it's the a big picture. Big picture of her headline. with a martini or something. <laughs> like anybody's gonna pick that up? And go, oh my god! It's the yeah. It's the South. She's got. I would she, assume she, they all the are. olives in her martini have clan hoods on. It's really <laughs> yeah. weird. The the actual headline should like the shocking headline would be socialite is not racist killer's daughter. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, oh God. Uh, so. Oh, uh, also, you uh, got some signs from the protesters yes. because there's some pretty good ones. There's, oh yeah, what did they say? Because it was signs. like one of them is like them suck gas, suck gas, murderer, suck gas, evil doer, evil doer, evil doer. Here, here they, here they all are, and I have pictures that I'll that I'll put up on Instagram too. And this is like uh like Pelican Brief, I think was the last one that yeah. had a bunch of really funny signs. But there were some. No, there were some in the net too. I think. Oh God. Because there was like a there was like some sort of a part during the net where yeah. there was like people were like. I They're protesting, the, protesting internet. the internet. I love something. the idea of people like making these signs for movies, and probably the director goes just sort of like doesn't give them a whole lot of direction. Just, I don't know. You know what a protest sign is like. Just sort of write something up that's about this. Okay, Anyways, here they are. Damn Sam, 
no mercy. <laughs> Imagine being the person that makes that sign. Just no mercy. Jeez. God. Ever. Not just you, in this case. I would reword that a little. I hate mercy. No mercy. Gas his ass. Gas his ass. The, the aforementioned suck gas evildoer. Roast in peace. Like, these people didn't uh, know how he was going to get executed. No, they apparently. didn't do their research. He's going to be roasting in hell. <laughs> oh, okay. That's probably right. Roast in peace. Oh, speaking of which, have fun in hell, Sam. <laughs> no comma. And then, uh, my personal favorite, Capital Punishment, yes! <laughs> uh, capital Punishment, Capital Gains yes. Tax, this, no! Jeez, no. <laughs> <laughs> to this rusty door handle. <laughs> this movie should have been called Capital Punishment, yes! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. It's so funny. I mean, like, this is, this is like, it's why you can't... This movie's trying to be the most serious fucking serious oh, as cancer goddamn thing you've ever seen, and then this shit happens, and you just, you know, it doesn't oh, it doesn't come together. No. It's amazing. Uh, if uh, you are going to watch one James Foley movie from 1996, make it Fear. Yeah. <laughs> that at least has a dog head through a door. <laughs> and just, uh, I'm not going to read uh, the most, like, the, the, the really bad bad guy says some pretty fucked up stuff, but here's one part when he's talking to Chris O'Donnell that, that gives you an idea of, like, that this movie's really got something on its mind. But it, but it also doesn't. It's all here. He's like, you're looking for it. This is when he's pointing a gun at Chris O'Donnell, who's just blinking. Uh, you're looking for a clean <laughs> yes. Because uh, he's asking, did you ki- did you actually make this bomb that killed these people? Yeah. You're looking for a clean yes so you can identify, organize, and quantify the concept of evil. If I did it, then I'm the evil, and I can be culled from the flock, removed, separated, destroyed. Evil can be destroyed, and all you good people can feel safe in the cocoon of your denial. Oh my God! <laughs> Snoring. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Even the even the even the the villain's big b- speech sucks. Yep. God, <laughs> I can't imagine this book is any good. They made this whole not, fucking movie, and they ugh. got legendary actor Gene Hackman to give a hundred percent. I guess he always does. He's just a. That's workman. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I just feel like you're not gonna find a Hackman performance where, like, even welcome, probably welcome I, haven't to seen, I haven't seen Welcome to Mooseport, but I bet if I watch it, he does. you know it what? All. You know what? And I like that Romano fella too. So I probably like <laughs> that. Everybody movie. loves yeah, that welcome guy. To Mooseport. Hey, hey, whoa, welcome whoa. to Mooseport, Gene Hackman. Well, you, are you are you diminishing my love of Raymond by saying <laughs> everybody loves him? Oh, yes. Oh yeah. yes, I am. Son of a bitch, man. That's sort of well, you know, you picked on Armageddon, so turnabout's fair play. Yeah, he's right. I was just kidding. <laughs> I think Steve Buscemi's really good in that when he rides the bomb and w- does whatever he wants because nobody was directing dementia. it. What? Welcome Cuts to Moose Sports. Going to tear this podcast apart. Uh, you get to ratings. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it two Juds. Woof. And I'm going to wow. tell you why. Wow. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I wanted to give it one and a half. I'm going to give it two. Uh, I read all these John Grisham books, uh, you know, when they came out. And the 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 like the unifying field theory of a John Grisham novel is that it's insanely boring. <laughs> uh, that there's that there's like usually some weird legal precedent that that the plot hinges on, like in Pelican Brief, that just makes no fucking sense, and like the whole thing could have been avoided, or like in the client, where like if they had just done their jobs, none of this none of this would have happened. <laughs> uh, I, I I appreciated that this was at least reaching for something, even though it did an absolutely terrible job of it. And I do think that he, that Hackman and Faye Dunaway, they just they they made it like not excruciating for me to watch. She didn't even win the Razzie. I know she didn't <laughs> even win the Razzie. Uh, and I also thought it was cool that Bo, Bo Jackson showed up, even though it's like what? And that was just it's, one of those like what the fuck? So weird. Like if we're gonna give if we're gonna give the client props for having every fucking actor in the world in it, then I'm gonna give this a little bit of props just for like okay, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, okay. That said, it's terrible. It's a very bad movie. 
But there you go. And I'm going to give it zero Douglases. Yeah. Unless you want to mm. give it one Douglas for all of the yeah. racial invective. But that's not really I, sure. I just don't feel like that's in the spirit of the yeah. Douglases. That's yeah. my opinion, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give it zero Douglases. It's not sleazy at all. And I'm going to give it... Uh, Good luck. Oh, boy. What am I going to give this? I don't know. 10 out of 10... Uh, 10 out of... Oh, God. I don't even know. 10 out of 10 exploded children yeah, in the first scene. I know. That was a... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I got, my, I got mine. It's a good, good one. Go good. for it. You go. <sighs> one and a half, Judds. Uh, you know, I, I give it points for the Bo, Bo. You know, stuff like Bo Jackson popping up. That's that's delightful. Did you say one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Uh, it's it is just one of those like John Ron Howard had a hunch type of things. Uh-huh. And, and then like, why didn't more people have a hunch? Like, yeah, it just, just I guess it these maybe, things are these things are too far down the line at that point. I mean, the studio had paid for this before the book was finished being written. William probably Goldman, you William might Goldman be able to was William on this. Goldman was William on it. fucking Goldman, who you had know, a miserable. Time. Who apparently says this is really one of the worst experiences. You know, I, so he's it's ever just, had. it's yes. one of those things. I think it's like it feels like a lot of these movies we do. Well, not a lot, but like so every, every once in a while, one of these comes along where you go like, the, it feels like, well, they just had to finish the movie. I feel like they like had to keep making it. They'd already give, they'd already paid Gene Hackman or something, you know. Like they were like, they can't, you can't just stop the train. I have to say, <laughs> I feel like you can honestly pin most of this on John Grisham because yeah. he's the one that came up with this story, and, and they were like, whatever, you're John Grisham, you're the fucking golden goose right now. Whatever you make, yeah. we're gonna make into a movie, and one, even if we, you know, we'll, even if it's something that is a terrible idea, we'll choke it down and make it because you print money for us. I'll, I'll and say this, is, and this is what he made. At least if you're Crichton, you get uh, fucking disclosure, and it's not fucking boring. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I was just gonna say, like the similar Crichton, situation. The Crichton though. was an equally or fucking Congo, right? Crichton was an equally bad writer, but the movies were at least fun to watch. Like I just rewatched Congo not long ago, and it's not that you bad. Know what? It's you, pretty fun. You know what? Yeah. I remember liking parts of Sphere. I'm Sphere sure it sucks, but I guarantee it's not as boring as The Chamber. <laughs> the, the problem with Sphere is the ending, but uh, yeah, that's yes. a whole other thing. I'm just saying. Dustin Hoffman Hoff, in, in Being Sphere. afraid of sea snakes in, in uh, Sphere. It's okay. really funny. I, uh, wish, I wish we could do guys. with this movie what they do at the end of Sphere is force ourselves <laughs> to forget about <laughs> it, right? Yeah, but maybe one of them, maybe I'll be the one who actually remembers. Yeah, in purpose. Um, zero Douglases, yeah. and I'm gonna give it three Eskimo pies because <laughs> oh, that is Gene Hackman's uh, final right. meal request. He's like, "What do you want for your final meal?" Gene Hackman, sky's the limit, and he goes, "Bowl of Eskimo pies and some French market coffee." Eskimo yep. also a slur. That's right. This um, guy can't he can't not be racist. He can't not be racist. And then they uh, give him a bowl of Eskimo pies at the end, and there's three Eskimo, Eskimo <laughs> pies in there, and you're kind of like, mm, I, man, I think he meant like, maybe like a <laughs> like bowl a of Eskimo bowl. pies. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get like I don't know four more of these? I mean, no, I'm gonna die. No, no, three. <laughs> that's all our budget. <laughs> that's all we could afford. Uh, I'm gonna get through this quick. Half a half a Judd yeah. movie sucks. Half a Judd for the exploding kids at the beginning, and nothing else. Um, I, Hackman's fine, but Hackman does what he does. Uh, Faye Dunaway, I thought, was wasted in it, but she, you know she's fine because she does what he does. Sometimes, Chris, literally, Chris O'Donnell does what he does, which helped knock some judds yeah. off of my review rating. Uh, and zero Douglases, almost into negative, unless yeah. you count all the racial slurs. Uh, and then, jeez, um, you already took the blowed up kids, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm gonna go ten out of ten. Uh, uh, Suicide dads. I was just gonna say suicide dads. <laughs> a lot yeah. of two suicide dads in this. Technically, yes. my, oh, two sh- sh- my, my two my suicide dads. Suicide dad. My two suicide dads. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So, but for once, for for once, right. well, it's she been a while, maybe. But for once, we have our, our we we actually have saved the best for last. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is I I actually like this movie a lot. I thought this was a lot of fun. This is the second time I'd seen this like in the last couple of years. This too, is the second so. time I'd seen this, but I hadn't seen it since like ninety ninety eight when it came out. Ninety eight when it came out. So yeah. And I and I just watched mm. it then because I'm I'm a hu- I'm a huge Altman fan. We're talking about the Gingerbread Man. The Gingerbread Man. He writes about law and crime, greed and murder. And now, for the first time, a John Grisham thriller written directly for the screen. The Gingerbread Man. Well, if it isn't the Golden Boy, I just caught a glimpse of you on the 6 o'clock. What do you call someone who's addicted to attorneys? Stupid. My daddy. Your daddy stole your car, broke into your house? All it means. You mean stalked you? And what I'm saying, this guy is dangerous. We intend to prove that the respondent is mentally incompetent. You got something you want to say, Mr. Dawson? I have something to say, I would say. Robert Altman's The Gingerbread Man. Famously taken away from Altman and recut. Really? But, was it? Yeah. Okay. But that, that, that actually, you can but, you can tell a little bit because I've kind of it, it was some take, of it's like well, no, they took it away from recut it and then tested both versions and the uh, recut version tested poorly, yeah, so they let him nice. release the version he wanted, <laughs> wow. but they buried it. Polygram, the studio at the time, like was mad at Robert Altman for being Robert Altman because he's a cantankerous, iconoclastic right. sort of a shit hit, sort of a shitty guy. Like uh-huh. you know, he doesn't have a great reputation of working with the suits. Let's put it that way. No, no, the the, the, the man did not like the man Robert did not Altman. like I think, Robert Altman. I think actors, it was mutual. I think actors and people who worked. Sure, sure. Loved Absolutely. working with him because right. uh, clearly he like is like that kind. He's yes. an actor's director, practically religious 100%. devotion. But, to but him, the yeah. the man did not get along with him, and the feeling no. was mutual. Oh yeah. Well, if you've seen the player, you get it. Yeah. And and so, <laughs> but but they released his version, but they deliberately buried it. So like they didn't promote yeah. it or anything like that. Didn't put it in too many screens. So it was like a notorious flop at the time. But it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I basically highly recommend this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it is one of those movies I didn't know anything about. And honestly, if you know Grisham. That doesn't help at all. No, because it's, it's pretty a lot in of these, tune with the rest of his stuff, and that it doesn't have much of a plot. But I the, mean, but, but it does. Much but going it has. On. It does like twist and turn. Whereas the other two that we did in this, like, yeah, were don't like, really, don't really like. It does like. It's like the the twists and turns. Like you don't kind of, and it's part of the partly the filmmaking. Like you think like the, you kind of think like, oh, I see where this is going, and it's like, oh no, that's not where it's going. Oh, it's uh, now Robert Duvall is some kind of weird. <laughs> that's the best cult of. He's like a he's cult like a cult of homeless veterans. Cult of weird hobos. And Duvall's in this like a little bit and he's fucking great. I mean, I think everybody's really good in this. This movie. It's got it's got I like a great this, I, think, I can't string Brano is kind of bad in it, but I like, like, like Brano on this one. I would I would say this is one of a good, this is a good Brano. Okay. Yeah. This movie has a cult but I do of think shoeless hobos. <laughs> no, he's uh, the only one who's shoeless. Everybody else, yeah, everybody else wears shoes. Some That's how they find him. That's how they find him. No, they find him because he doesn't wear shoes. He figures that out. But during that prison escape, it cuts the shows a shot of one of them and he doesn't have shoes and so some of them are full acolytes to him. Um, but but, but they're very competent because uh, they actually bust him out of a, an, an insane asylum at one point. I don't know. It's, it's, this this, is this the movie only... just keeps every detail yeah. that they add to it. You keep on going like, what? And this one is actually what like, is, what's happening? A pure like kind of uh, this is like right in our wheelhouse, like of a thriller. Like you kind of don't it like it like doles out. It's like twist. Yeah. It's like you don't know what's going on. I mean, yeah. it's some it's the type of thing you could maybe figure out. But like it actually does a pretty I mean, good job of ob- obscuring like what's going on because the characters are so far up uh, so right. far up his own ass a lot of the movie <laughs> that you're like that you're w- and you're with him the whole time that you're like yeah I don't know what's going on because everything's kind of muddy. There's a part. There's a point. And there's a storm going on which is sort of symbolic of the whole fucking thing. There's a point in the movie the before before Hurricane they uh, before they actually arrest finally arrest Robert Duvall sort of yeah. towards the beginning of the movie where like 
They're they're sitting around the law office like Kenneth Branagh, Daryl Hannah, and Robert Downey Jr. and Beth Davis. <laughs> That's right, good cast. And <laughs> they're, the they're, cast. they're sitting there going like, "So what's the deal with your dad?" And she just sort of casually goes like, "Well, he's got a bunch of land, but no will." And I'm like, "Gee, I wonder if that's going to come yeah, up right. again." <laughs> uh, so, but that's pretty much the only clue. Like, that's the only plot really. Is like but it's, it's a scam to get the land. But it's done in this way, like like all Robert Altman movies. Everybody's talking so casually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like that. Like it's 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 like a throwaway detail that another movie, like say made by Joel Schumacher, right. would like nail home. And so you'd go like, "Oh, this is going to be and about also the will." It's whereas Altman, like it's not shot in these like conversational, like no. over the shoulder, like shot reverse shot styles. It's like here's a long master of everybody in the room, and the camera keeps following people around the and room. And it's going to cut to this guy while this person's saying maybe an important piece of information because yeah. he he prefers the reaction of Robert Downey Jr. to whatever this exactly. character's. So when it's that, like when that happens, because I, I had just watched uh, the Chamber before this, a very conventionally made movie, and and when that happened in the Gingerbread, about uh, five minutes into it, you get to a party <laughs> scene, a quintessential yeah. Robert Altman party scene, and I was like, what the fuck is going? Oh right, Altman. Yeah, because <laughs> it's so different from any other movie to just see this. It's like a cacophony for, for yeah. me. It's like in, it was a, in like a good a, way. It was like a, yeah, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was like because uh, the chamber. I feel like I'm like it's so conventional and like so and so. And now dull, when you felt so, like you were breathing cyanide gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now I no, but I felt like I felt like ah okay yeah it's like opened up a little like oh there's somebody there's somebody at the fucking wheel here yeah. who 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 at the very least was like. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna direct this fucking John yeah. Grisham shit, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna actually direct it. I'm, well, not, I'm not gonna like be bored or whatever. Something I thought was interesting about this was uh, you you know that I'm not a huge Robert Altman fan. I do know that, uh, but I, that doesn't mean I think that he's a, a poor filmmaker or anything. He's just not, generally not to my taste. I mean, yeah. I still love a lot of the good. Like Nashville is great. Blah 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 blah. I mean, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, but uh, he would occasionally dabble in genre stuff. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, not to not, to its detriment, but like a good example is the movie like The Long Goodbye, which everyone loves. It's can, it's canonized. It's considered a classic. Wait, what do you mean everyone? Does do you know anyone else with me that no, doesn't I, like I, this I just, movie? I just was waiting for you to say except that you don't. Except like it. me, I don't <laughs> like this movie. I can't stand The Long Goodbye. I've never liked it. I've always been annoyed by it, and it's because when he did these genre films, his disdain for the material is palpable. Mm. He do, he is he is hell bent on making it his thing his iconoclasm I think is to the detriment of the material in the case of something like the Long Goodbye. In this case, the material is so completely generic <laughs> that he can't do anything but make it interesting. Yeah, yep. So yeah. I think he's working for it in a better way. In this it's all case. him. It's all him and the it's cast. It's all him and the cast. It's yeah. all like I him his... and the cast and him go and him casting them, getting the right people in there. I mean, this is Robert Downey Jr. in full middle of his his yeah. drug addiction. This is, no, this is right after. This is one of his first jobs after he got after out of he got out of yeah. out of he got so out. I'm of, gonna okay. need to be smoking a lot of cigarettes in this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm never gonna be not smoking a cigarette. I hope that's okay. He's got my favorite. <laughs> my favorite scene in this movie is like about three quarters of the way through it. Kenneth Branagh calls him. He's like, "I need you to meet me and do this thing." And he's in a bar with these two girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And these, he's clearly drunk. And it's like, first of all, you shouldn't be getting behind the wheel. But he he's clearly, that. he's clearly wasted. And he's with these two chicks. And he, he just goes, like goes over and hugs him. He's like, "Okay, I gotta go. I gotta Y'all go. got that twenty dollars I gave you?" They go, "Yes." And he goes, "Pay your bill." He kisses ki- them no, he both. Ki- he kisses them both. Kisses yeah, them separately. Both and leaves. And then they look at each other and they go, "He's not coming back." And kiss each yeah, other. And that's the end of the scene. It's so good. So weird. Yeah. Well, it's because it's because like you said, like Altman directed this, and so there's like it's 
he's like doing this generic material, but he's like, I'm gonna make I'm, the, I'm gonna make it alive. He's injecting a bunch of character. Yeah, into there's it. a so bunch yeah. of all these actors are improvising. It's got a ton of personality. Sort of stuff so like, even when it's a, even though it does follow the plot of a thriller, I mean, we can rattle off the plot real quick here, sort of. Kenneth Branagh like, is a hotshot lawyer. I, who I do meets, actually enjoy the plot, yeah. kind of. Kenneth Branagh is this hotshot lawyer. Who uh, has sleazy like, lawyer too? Yeah, he's kind of a sleazy sort of, but lawyer. he but he's also like he he also like got he got like a cop like in trouble. He at got the a beginning. cop in trouble, so, yeah. so, yeah. so, which comes up him. later because the cops so the, the cops, cops hate him. When he yeah. tries to get them. So to yeah, be on the he's side. kind of he's kind of like a high profile hotshot lawyer, but you know we don't so we don't seem to see that he has like some kind of like uh, shitty reputation as being like somebody who gets innocent no. pe- or gets guilty people off or anything like that. We don't really get any of that information. Anyway, he he has like a one night stand with this young woman, uh, Embeth Davids. After yes. her car gets stolen after, after this party, her, she was one of the caterers. She was a caterer at this party. That her car he's gets attending. stolen. He drives her home. Her car's there. Somebody maybe broke into her house. This is great scene. This that is great an awesome scene. scene. Yeah. That great scene where they go through her house, and the whole time you're like, it's very suspenseful because yeah. because you don't you don't even know what this movie is about no, at this point. At this you're point, like, I don't even. And yeah. I'd seen it in '98, but I'd forgotten almost all of it. And so I was like, I don't. Sophie kept going. What's what's going on? Who is she gonna die? Is he gonna die? And I'm like, I literally don't know. Yeah. And Embeth <laughs> Davis is playing this character in a very interesting way, where she's just sort of like, she's actually reminds me a lot of uh, I can't remember her name, but the the female lead in the game, where, oh, yeah, where she is under. she is running a yes, or she is running a scam, but like kind of n- negging them to get them involved. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't want you. I don't. He's like, can I? Can I, don't I want give your help. You, can I give you right? No, I, I don't. Just, just leave me alone. Right. I'm just. I'm having a bad night, and like, come on, come on please let me. At this, let, at let this me give point you in the movie, you're like, it's totally Robert Altman's body heat right now. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so he like, and there's a whole scene where they go through the house, and then, you know, everything <laughs> everything seems to be fine, but then she talks about her her dad, and like while she's breaking down and talking about her dad, casually undresses. Stripping. Just Boy, and we we were, we really got shorted on Douglas's in the last two movies, and we're making up with it a little bit on this one because in this scene, there is, she it's wild because she is like, and then my she keeps on shrieking at him. She while keeps she's on streaming. saying like terrifying details about her daddy. Of course, yeah. she's calling him her mm-hmm. daddy because it's also uh, in the and south. She's like, "There's nothing wrong with him that I I didn't I didn't say there's anything wrong with him. He just he just does weird shit sometimes." And then she keeps on like adding more details to it and uh, and just going. She's just going like one time. I, you know, uh, with an uh, ex uh, ex husband of mine, she he hit him with a piece of firewood and put him in the hospital. He doesn't wear shoes and he dresses weird and he's got this. And you're going like, Why would he do that? Oh my god! She, he I, drank out of his cup. He drank out of his cup and you're like, I cannot wait to meet this guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, but anyways, she's, while meanwhile, she's doing she's, this, she's like <laughs> taking her panties off. She's taking her clothes, all her clothes off. And it's just point, like standing naked, screaming at him. Yeah, and, and she's, she's like, like she's, crying. And then you know, and what you got to do sometimes in life, you go if there's a butt naked <laughs> woman that's crying, you got to console her a right. little bit. You got to go and give her a little hug. Yeah. Have to, and then you wake up next to her in the morning. And yeah. You know, oh, what? Well, that's what happened. <laughs> and then, and that's the part where I was like, I couldn't remember what happened because I was like, I couldn't remember. I'm like, oh, did she? Also, did she die? Because it does that shot. Where shot. He she's like, like, oh, she dead. looks dead. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, she's dead because he's talking to the cat, and the cat's there, and he like, he even like touches her, like, eh, whatever. And then he leaves, and you're like, oh, she's dead. And then, but nope, she shows up at his office, and is that was like, that was what I thought was cool though, because like you don't yeah. know that she's not dead until she shows up at his office later. So like for the next five or seven <laughs> minutes of the movie, I'm going like, so when are yeah. when is he going to get the phone call that he killed her? Like you're really, you're really, it's really taking a while for them to get back to this dead girl. Yeah. Oh, she's not dead. She's not dead. That's why. <laughs> and she's still and he's got to go deal with his ex-wife, Famke Johnson, Famke Johnson who's, the Dutch who's, married to, who's married to the divorce lawyer now. Uh-huh. And uh, his kids, play, uh, one of them played by uh, Anne from- uh, Who? Her? 
uh, Mae Whitman Egg? from uh, Arrested Development. Yeah. Wow, I did not her? know that. Her? I know Who, her because who's, who's she again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the drab, boring. Uh, g- g- I like her. She's also in. She's great. I think she's really good in Scott Pilgrim. She's funny in that. But she's also in uh, the the Parenthood TV show, which mm. I was a big fan. <clears throat> of. All right. Every, everybody should watch that if you're like me and you like corny family dramas. <laughs> Craig T. Nelson being a grandpa. Uh, Nobody likes that. The kids <laughs> just, the, just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the kids become a like a, a crucial part of the movie. Crucial at a bargaining chip. And his, and his being like a not great dad, yeah. or or like a kind of guy who will go off and get drunk and have sex with a lady. And apparently, forget a lot to pick of his kids up on time. It's probably why his marriage with Fomka Jansen didn't work out okay. It seems like a pretty a pretty decent lawyer. Like there's no, he's not like the kind of lawyer where it's like, oh, this guy, he's known as a drunk who shows up to court and does bad, is bad. He's the cops Dar- don't like him. Daryl Hannah's his assistant, and yep. and Robert Downey Jr. is his his favorite detective. It was a sleaze. Clyde, <laughs> Clyde Pill. <laughs> there's it's really funny when Robert. Robert Robert Downey Jr. is like a great character introduction because he's introduced like standing outside of the door smoking a cigarette. He's like, no smoking in here. And he just flicks the cigarette and it's still kind of inside. <laughs> and then he comes in and there's one secretary and he's like, well, hello there. How are you doing? She's like, hi, how are you? And he like flirts with her a bunch. And, and then he, and then he goes to another secretary and he goes, hey, how are you doing? She goes, don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch me like that. Get out of here. I like he's going to see later so, on where Emma okay. Davids is like really freaked out, like bad shit starting to happen. And, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is at her house. And they're both on the phone with. Oh, yeah. uh, they're with at Daryl Hannah's house at that point. Or that's right. They're at Daryl Hannah's hiding house. out. They're hiding out, and they're on the phone with Kenneth Branagh, and, and like Embed Davids is flipping out, and Robert Downey Jr. could not be more nonchalant yeah. about this entire situation. He's like, "Give me the phone. Give me the phone." It's great. It's really funny. He's, he's often, he's I believe, really hung good. over in this because there's yeah, a yeah. trial scene where he's like nodding. He's off. nodding yeah. off. Downey's great in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, and there's a lot of there's also a lot of scenes where you can't take your eyes off him because other people will be saying things, and the situation is <laughs> he's crazy. Just, like, rolling his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy situation because this dad that she keeps talking about, every detail she says about him is crazier than the last. Yeah. And you see his eyes just kind of going like, okay. whoa. whoa. Yeah, well, then they finally go after him because she comes to him and says, like, this is what's going on. And they go to her house. Or he goes to his house and he's strung hung up. her cat. He's hung her cat. Although we find out later it wasn't him. Mm. Right. That's fucked up. But her cat. Is this, this is the horrible, second most adorable hung cat, cat that we've seen? Because well, I believe there was a hung cat in, uh, and I'm not talking about hanged his penis. Cat. Hanged cat. Yeah, in uh, Never Talk to Strangers. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. But there was a great close-up of that cat in the earlier scene when he leaves her and you think like, you, when yeah, you're you thinking think like she dead. might be dead or whatever, and he leaves her and the camera does the great Altman zoom in on the cat's face yeah. purring and just looking at the camera. And I was like, I love this cat. And then Next time you see it, it's dead. dead. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Maybe that was right before she killed it. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. This uh, cat's thinking he's got nine lives. Motherfucker uh, ain't got one. <laughs> Very good. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he, like, it's it's an in- interesting. They don't ever fully explain other than the fact that he thinks she's hot and he, like, wants to have sex with her. But he's very helpful with her. Yeah. And it and his, his, his um, I think uh, he colleagues like, I think keeps, he likes keep her stressing, maybe. like, he's really going all in and, yeah. and kind of, like, helping this lady out with her scary dad. And uh, and his colleagues are kind of like this ain't uh, oh boss this ain't really our kind of kind of wake we do around here yeah and uh, but he's he's going whole hog into helping her out because she's very sexy and she's troubled and this dad sounds fascinating and at a certain point he gets the cops he's he's basically trying to get a um, he's trying to get the dad institutionalized because yeah. he hung the cat right. he is a danger to her now and and he kind of has the hots for her so the cops and Robert Downey Jr go out to this like remote house and this is where we first encounter they roust the, the bums the, they roust the, the bum, bum cult the bum cult yeah 
that is like a, a bunch of like you know stereotypical movie bum looking guys. As Roger Ebert they're, pointed they're out, two a very, of us hayseed bums. Yes. As Roger Ebert pointed out in his review, there's a very well organized uh, group of bums very, too because yeah. they get so well organized that, that they like break they break him out of an institution <laughs> at some point. <laughs> they got they got they clipper, look, these guys, uh, wire these guys look like they they could they don't know where the fuck they are yet they're yes. they're they're like no, with it, it enough to break our boss out of turns, fucking it hospital. turns out they're duck dynasty it's great every single one of these bums they, do, they should all look be shown, like duck dynasty every single one of these bums should be shown combing their hair with a fish skeleton <laughs> that's that's the kind of bums we're talking about they should have those top hats it. with the top that's been popped open <laughs> <laughs> they're eating beans out of a tin oh my I god do, I love, chugging sterno i love it because then the courtroom scene is really good too that comes up after this well, they're they, all like doing the their peanut are, gallery shit the bums are all there when, when uh like robert duvall says something and they all go whoop 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 and then yeah. the judge is like get them out of here and you're like why were they allowed in there in the first place i mean <laughs> Condolences, i'm glad, the bums I'm glad lost. they were but he like fires <laughs> he fires his like court appointed attorney he's it's like so well, he's told me he doesn't want me to i don't know and then it keeps get cuts to the attorney every once in a while from the judge going like, "Well," and the attorney, like the attorney, the, the court attorney, like shrugs. He's going, like, "I don't know what the f- I don't know." He's fucking on his own. I, I loved the know. courtroom scene in this. It yeah, was so awesome. funny because it's, really it's fun. like first it's got a lot of shit where like it's got the really dry like courtroom stuff because uh, apparently Altman was just like determined to not do courtroom shit in this movie because yeah. of course everybody would and that's the thing if I'm, somebody man, if somebody else was going to do something he wasn't going to do I, that. I generally like Altman, but I love him. Right, I exactly. love him that he and my, he and I couldn't be in but more even. <laughs> when he has to do it like it's like the the lady is going like I think he's crazy he needs to be in an institution and it will cut to Doovie like rolling his eyes or saying yeah. something crazy and, he, and, he, and Duval like we haven't if we haven't described him is like he's got long he's got, like, hair stringy long hair and a big Bald beard and he just looks crazy and he I, looks like an he looks like an old well, like Charles Manson yeah. kind of you know like he's like this old, you're like this guy is probably this guy is fucking nuts I, what I can understand like this is. is pretty close to what the real Robert Duvall is like too in, in real life <laughs> I absolutely adored this him. shit especially like uh, you know they're they're describing Robert Duvall to the judge he's like and he has an avowed distaste for lawyers and the judge is like well who doesn't who yeah. doesn't <laughs> you know it's all that shit just this corn pone lawer shit There's I love like, it that comes up a lot in this movie like people like jokingly saying lawyers are terrible yep. like yeah. four or five times <laughs> <laughs> and in this scene, uh, we forgot to mention Tom Berenger is brought. Uh, he's the he ex-husband. Be, he has oh, to he, be subpoenaed. He, he interviewed him before, and he was very uh, missed he opportunity. Was, uh, very by unhelpful. the way, that the boat is full of cats. Oh man! And uh, we don't we don't we find out that the little boy is allergic to cats as well. Yeah, mm. but you know, none of that ever goes anywhere. But I just thought that was interesting. It just touches. Well, the little boy's allergic to cats, and he, it, that goes because that's like showing like he's because he let them run off, and then oh, the yeah. mom's like, "Oh, you shitty dad," because you let your kid. I know. I was just like when that was going on, oh, I, I was know. like, "Are we going to get a thing on the boat with well, the kids allergic to cats?" Well, and, no. On the you know. on the boat scene, the original boat scene with Tom Berenger, the first one, he goes like, "He's like, there's machinery here that'll chew up a, a man, let alone one of these cats." And yeah. you're kind of like, "Oh, someone's going to fall into the machinery." You don't really nope. see yeah. that. We do go Which back to the bad. boat again, but uh, yeah. But nothing yeah, that interesting no, nothing happens. That interesting happens. But again, uh, that strikes me as Robert Altman going like, "Well, I'm not going to do that shit." Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's what you think I would do. So fuck that. Yeah, and I mean, it's fine. It's yeah. fine for it. But it was just uh, so he he is uh, M. Beth Davids's uh, ex-husband, ex supposed ex husband, the guy who was hospitalized by Doovy getting hit with a fire stick for drinking the wrong out of the wrong. He's, he's, he's been, been subpoenaed. I love his that. Garfield. Cup. I love I love him in this scene too because he doesn't he doesn't want to be there. And then he's like basically like you have to answer these questions. He's like yes, he's he beat me up. I think when he says he beat me up, I think when he says he beat me up that's when all the bums start like, going yeah beat his ass and they get kicked out of the courtroom do you, do you remember do you remember how okay so the, earlier in the movie they're they're talking to M. Beth davids about like you know is there anybody you got any witnesses to his bad behavior and she's like well you beat up my ex-husband for for drinking out of his favorite cup 
But, uh, you know, the last time I saw him, he said he wouldn't spare a drop of piss if I was burning to death. And then later he goes to see Tom Berenger, and he's like, is this about my ex-wife? And he's like, yes, it is. And he goes, well, I wouldn't spare a drop of piss if she was burning to death. We know all about your urinary issues. There's some funny stuff in this movie. Uh, uh, the, mo- like the, funniest- the movie's generally like pretty it's funny. Really funny. It, it, like it like because it's like you know it's like not it's certainly not taking itself as seriously as like the fucking the chamber. Sure, but, but it's it like- is allowing itself to be like a sweaty you know southern yeah, noir. Yeah. The know? funny like, the it- funniest punchline <laughs> is in this uh, Tom Berenger deposition scene because Tom Berenger like grudgingly gives his deposition and is like yeah yeah he hit me and then the lawyer's like all right you get you know this guy's crazy so we're we're going to get Kenneth Branagh and the lady get what they want we're sending him to an institution. Well, he gives a Robert Duvall starts, starts giving. Flip out. He gives like a long speech and starts yeah. acting crazy and starts getting goes after him. So yeah. The judge goes, "Can you name the first uh, five presidents?" Or no, he, no, goes, he goes, he goes, he goes. This goes, guy asked me if I can name all presidents in order. Can you name can all you name the, the first, first five presidents? George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, John, John F. Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when he's getting dragged away, he flips out and tries to attack people, and it's like a real mess, and he's like flailing around, and all the, the bum squad is going, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. and then he gets dragged out, and then it just like there's a pause, and it cuts back to Tom Berger, who's still on the stand, and he <laughs> goes, like, can I go now? Can I go now? <laughs> can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed out loud. It's really funny. Yeah, so Doobie gets sent off to a Bethel hospital. Like I said earlier, he gets broken out, broken out pretty, immediately. <laughs> very quickly by his bum cult. Yeah. And they so, didn't so, want him to be in there so even he's, for a night. So he's a danger again. Yeah, yeah. he is. Um, he's, somebody's snatches up Branagh's kids at this point. Yeah. Uh, Before after, that, they send they pictures, pictures, pictures of, of like the kids. Oh yeah, with the, the cigarette burns. The cigarette that's burns. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, of Pretty course, scary. of course, they go like you know that's and then that's when uh, you know uh, Clyde comes and goes like he broke. They broke him out of jail. He's not there anymore. And they're like, oh shit. So he so Branagh is at her house. Then her car gets her car gets blown, blown up, up, blown up right as they're like uh, fucking. I think yeah, or about to. Where Kenneth Branagh's pawing her. She's and she's she's wearing. <laughs> her. He does. He's like he's. That's actually. I mean, that's the only way yeah. I can think to describe it. He's like pawing. He's like groping and pawing her. That and, cracked me up a little bit too because like this is like the this is like I don't know two hours after her dad was hauled off to a mental mental institution after harassing her and hanging her cat supposedly. Isn't this during the scene like, too where she's like explaining the origin yeah. of the title The Gingerbread Man? Uh, that's yes, oh, that's we do bef- have to get to that. That's before this, or I think that's before this. Anyway, there is a scene where they're in bed and she. She she tells the gingerbread man story yeah. from the of from the if you're not if you're not of, aware of the gingerbread man, man story it is uh, a, a childless couple um, bakes a gingerbread man it comes to life and then everybody wants to eat the gingerbread man and he runs around but going, he runs so fast you can't he, kill he, me he, he I'm the gingerbread me, you can't man catch me, yeah. and then he has to cross a river and he can't go into it because he's a cookie cookies can't go in rivers. And uh, and a fox a goes <laughs> and a fox goes like I'll take you across the river and he's like okay this is very similar to that scorpion story from Natural Born Killers <laughs> yeah the bitch you knew I was a so fox. snake snake story yeah and uh, oh man that reminds me of the hunt again <laughs> oh, okay and then the, <laughs> and then the fox uh, eats the cookie <laughs> while while he's I don't know what's the moral he's like, of he's that like most of the way across the river and the fox just gobbles him up and the moral the moral is that he the, don't you, trust a fox can't, yeah, oh, don't trust, trust a fox or you can't run person. you can't run away from everything I guess too I don't, don't get in a river if you're a cookie but the moral in, in her, when her dad would tell her a story, then her she would say. But her dad would say that. But then my dad, my daddy would say, little kids can disappear as fast as gingerbread men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably debatable is, as to whether he said this. Which is a fucked up thing. To say. <laughs> it's, it's I hard, just want it, you to know before you go to bed that little kids die all the time. The thing I like about the movie, though, is that like even at the end of the movie, when you find out that this was all a scam and that he wasn't actually involved. Spoiler alert: that it wasn't like that. He wasn't like he was crazy. That you still go like. 
I don't know that that wasn't the story he told right. her when he was. <laughs> he didn't say that, you know. Like he isn't a like, shoeless religious bum. Like cult. He, he seems so. Cra- Duval seems so crazy in this. You're like, I don't know that he didn't do this thing. He didn't like do all the stuff in this movie that right. he was accused of. But he, he probably said that to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Also, spoiler alert: I love that it, at the end of that, it turns out that none of this needed to happen. Yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. that is absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, and now, she in, just didn't in know. This case, she just in, didn't know that. And in yeah. this case, it's not because the filmmakers made a bad movie. No, 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 like it's in a client where it's like, why don't these guys just do their job? No, no, it's no. because it's because they find out. The characters who set up this whole scam didn't realize that there was a will that they would have gotten everything that they wanted if it had just been like fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if they just waited for him to die. Yeah. <laughs> I love that kind of twist. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, whoops, you that's, didn't need to do that. That's, again, this, the, the Altman shit where he's like, normally in these movies it's yeah. a bunch of bullshit, so let's <laughs> just make it that way but have it blow back on the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so like then they, they go on, they end up going on the lamb because they get freaked out and yeah. then his kids get his kids get snatched. They end There's up, a really funny whoa. scene where he has to take his kids out of school and, uh, and, he, and he is a, a divorcee, so he needs to get permission from the mother to take the kids out of school and yeah. he does not do that. Yeah. Knowing no. he is a lawyer too, so he, and, and there's a lot of times where people are going like, well, you're under arrest for this sort of thing. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know what you did. Yeah. <laughs> but the, he's the, dragging the kids out of school and the, and the, the principal's going like, you can't fucking do that. The and then the janitor's like, hey, stop it. And he elbows him in the face yeah. and the kids are going, whoa, what? And then he's like, it's okay, he's okay. He's okay. He's, he's okay. okay. He doesn't know. Yeah. Later on, later on, they like tell him like he's pressing charges. Oh, yeah. He's pressing sure. assault charges. I, right, right this is before, so. and then this is before he kills somebody. <laughs> this reminded me of the. This reminded me of the same, the similar scene in Domestic Disturbance where where like yes. he gets into a fight with the dude. Except this is way funnier. And then yeah. also there's a scene yeah, after yeah. this where he's in the car and the kids start bickering with each other. It's really funny. The kid actually, What's wrong with my age? The, the kid actually so says to his dad when he's pulling away, which is like the movie is kind of funny throughout. He goes, uh, "Was that judo that you did?" on that daddy and he goes yeah I think it was a little judo judo. (laughs) (laughs) it's a really fun movie (laughs) anyway so they go on the lamb and this is all not above board legally speaking because of the the fact that he's not the primary uh, uh, caregiver to these children they've got Beth Davids hidden at at Daryl Hannah's house by the way which was a funny detail I thought was that that she's they're like he's like she's like well who's gonna sleep with who because yeah. and then and then it cuts to her in bed with Embeth Davis and naked. he's sleeping on the couch but she's naked and so he was like you're at someone's that you just someone you just met and you're just naked well, in their bed also I she's like and also Daryl Hannah's okay and she keeps scooting away from her because she's, like, she's she like visibly night terrors, uncomfortable night having night terrors or whatever yeah, exactly and she's naked in her bed and it's like <laughs> this is writhing around with night terrors Daryl Hannah naked. by the way is really good in this in like a very uh, straight man performance yeah. yeah like she's really fun but she she's like her character dr- is dry so she doesn't get a lot of like like a lot of the other characters are very they get showy. Stuff like do, like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. gets to show up every scene being hungover or drunk or whatever. So, but she's really fu- I think she's really fun, kind yeah. of like rolling her eyes at Branagh all the time. Yeah. Still, really- but still like with him, she's like. She like is like fucking, she works with him at a idiot, high level, makes her living off of him, doesn't hate him, but also is like very exasperated. She by like him knows all the he's time. Fu- yeah exactly. Yeah. I like the scene. Well, okay, so he gets eventually. Branagh gets arrested because he's running all over town. He thinks his kids have been kidnapped. He's causing a, bit, a whole bunch of trouble. And he, oh, that scene where he, where he thinks that his kids are kidnapped is yeah, great. It's really good. Well, they go out. They it's cha- like Hitchcockian. They, ch- they chase. They chase him down. She, they go chase. They hunt him down to an no, old before his, that, his property. He's at, the, he's at the hotel. Yeah, and he can see his kids through. He's at a yeah. phone, he's at a phone booth. Remember those? Yeah, and he can see his kids through the hotel room across the street. Yep. And then a truck like pulls in front, and he's go- and he's on the phone with his wife, who's going like, "I'm pressing charges." No, like urgent stuff that and he's kind of like trying to get up he's like i need to get off the phone yeah. i know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen yeah everyone knows what's gonna happen the truck is still there and, yeah. and he just can't get off the phone and eventually the truck pulls and those kids are fucking gone, gone. Yeah. you know it 
yeah. then he's just frantically running around. He, he picks Ambeth Davis up at a at a bus stop, and Robbie Jane Jr. is following her, and he's like, "You have me followed her, and but he's meeting up with you. What the fuck is going on?" And then they're like, they start chasing after she's to the, like his old hunting cabin yeah. where or Doovie is. Yep. And and you know presumably the kids that have been taken by his like a uh, bum cult, and they <laughs> they get there, and he like is Robert Duvall is being crazy and. He's like, you're on, on my property. You got a gun. And uh, Branna has a gun that she gave him yeah. earlier. That mm-hmm. she gave him. So. And they get an altercation. He shoots Doobie right in the throat. Right Doobie, in the Doobie, sh- throat. Doobie shoots in the air and he, he freaks and, you know. Yeah, he shoots him in the Technic- throat. I mean, technically, he self-defense because and, and like, the, you know, cause he thought he was his life was in danger. But it's also And the house is on property. fire. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No? I think the cult no, sets it's the not. house on fire no, later. No, no, she set the house oh, on she, fire. But she says the cult did. Yeah, because yeah. she wanted it to look like that. Because the, they come they come back to there and she's left there. Mm-hmm. Like, he chases after them. Yeah, those weird bums set it on fire. Sure. like, they crash the car and they get away and the kids aren't there and then he finds out the kids are fine they're they're at the police yeah, station. station she sees a bunch of people it's in shadow of yeah. darkness running into a car and she, she goes like, she goes they've the got kids, the kids they got the kids and so he you know. chases after them so he chases after them they've got uh then they go back and the building's on fire right because yeah. uh-huh. she set it on fire because that's where the will is because like spoiler alert this is all a scam it's for all her, her to get scam the land because she wants the land, which is which is like she said. There's nothing really worth much there. It's just some land, except it's that the sad. wood there is worth like twelve black, million dollars. Black walnut trees. Black wall. These I'd never heard of black walnut before, but this stuff is uh, yeah, ten um, to fifteen million dollars. Like, so Brana, so Brana's deep but, in this. Before we find that out, there's all this scene at the police station. The scene at the police station is great. Yeah, because it's like they he finds out that the kids are okay. So it's but it's like Brana, the cop, the the divorce lawyer boyfriend, the ex wife. And yeah. everybody's and Robert Daryl Downey Hanna, Jr., Daryl Hannah, everybody's there. Everybody's there, and it's in this really tiny room. Yeah. And Robert Altman just puts the camera down yep. and lets them all ping pong off each other. <laughs> yeah. And it's really, really good. It's really good. And uh, there's like so much going on because he's he's like in trouble for for killing this guy. Yeah, the cops don't like him. The cops even here, they're like, this is out, not not in his city, but yeah, they're but like, they we, like we know what you did. To, you know, we know how you throw cops under the bus. So he's, yeah. And he, he even goes like, oh, so I sh-, you know, self, self-defense. Oh, like that officer who fired in self-defense. Right. You, that's, that's what you said. That's what you said when you had him on the stand, right? Yeah. Is that he fired in self-defense. So these cops hate him. And then his ex-wife shows up who is, understandably, oh, yeah. is super pissed at him and wants their kids back. Yeah. You know, and he's, and then he hates the divorce lawyer for being with her. Yeah. And then Daryl Hannah's trying to keep keep him cool and like try and, and then uh Robert Downey Jr. is just kind of sitting there shaking his head a lot. <laughs> it's like a <laughs> screwball sure comedy quite, scene. Quite it's the uh, situation. Great. Yeah, it's so it's, good. It's really fun. Yeah. And this is <laughs> it's, uh, it's why it is one of those great like Altman like uh, uh ensemble scenes where you get just put everybody in a room and we'll let we're going to let them act. Yeah. They know what they're doing. I hired the right people. Yeah. They let them do the, their job. <laughs> and around this point, the the gears finally start clicking into place for yeah. Branna. He like uh, like right after this incident, Branna is 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 like a he's like a ne'er do well in this movie. He's a fuck up, but he's not that stupid. He's not a bad and so person he's just, either. He's, he's just like, like piecing it together and going like, "Well, wait, why did you do he's this?" A, and he's a bit of a sleaze bag. Well, why did this not, happen? Yeah. And this like and, and he starts like, to realize something's amiss. Well, there's also the scene specifically where the from other, him, he Davids. has to go before the board and like the other lawyers are like, "You're gonna get disbarred," and he's like, "I am not," and they're like, "No, no, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, you are. You are." That's another good Altman 
one scene because all these lawyers are talking over each By other. By the way, going, those guys are like, all real Savannah lawyers. Oh, fuck uh, that, yeah. The, the main and that makes dude, sense, too, because they look like it. The main dude is the like is in Men in the Garden of Good and Evil, too. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, really I think, he plays, the, I think he plays the judge in that movie. Okay. Mm. But I recognized him immediately. So all those dudes are like actual Savannah lawyers. So yeah, it's, and that's so the why scene, it's the so scene funny. feels very real. And yeah. they're and they're like doing their citing like yeah. law stuff. And he's like, I know the precedent. And then the, like the one guy just keeps repeating like, you don't understand the gravity of this situation. <laughs> like even if you don't go to prison, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna the least the least that's gonna happen to you is you're getting disbarred. Best yeah. case scenario, Best disbarred case scenario, and disbarred. Pub- community service. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so but then he starts to figure out like there's something up. They they figure out about the that the land is the land. worth the land is worth the trees on the land. The land is worth nothing, but the trees. trees. Are yeah. And then he finds to a lumber he finds company. out that in fact she is not divorced from Tom Berenger. Yep. Yeah. They are very much married, as yeah. someone says. Yeah. And then, and meanwhile, then it all meanwhile, starts, this is all while this hurricane. This hurricane. hurricane that's right. Her- yes. The entire time hurricane, there's been a hurricane, hurricane coming Geraldo in. Is, is yeah. Hurricane Geraldo is is finally bearing down. Is bearing down on they make the joke more than once. We're like, "What do you know about Geraldo? Is like the TV guy? Yeah. No, no, no. The storm. <laughs> this storm is like awesome too. Like yeah. the way there's one. Sh- it's uh, all couple... orange and purple color palette throughout the whole movie. Yeah. It looks really cool. And the there's storm a couple. Is just, it's just like cool. It's just great atmosphere. Yeah. And also like you know the sound that they the use metaphor for, for like you know everything's <laughs> coming to a head and the storm is building. Yeah. And builds it actually and builds does. It, it, it does generate attention. But like, like I, no, I was kind of going like even the scene where Downey Jr. is in the um the bar. I love that. And he's just talking to him on the phone and going like, "You won't believe that they're still married or whatever." It's like them like bo- like putting like they put yeah. you know closing the windows and like shutting shuttering right. everything and the storm is just going. Boom. You like, can the, see the, the building the trees the building just being is whipped around. The building is shaking a little. Yeah. Like, or even just the scenes that are that take place in the daytime outside. <laughs> yeah. Where like a couple characters are giving some exposition and talking to each other. It's all like overcast yeah. and the wind's blowing everywhere yeah. and it's very loud and it just like adds to the atmosphere so. And well. I do like that also like he's like come drive come come how long we take you drive here. He goes, uh, let's see, with the storm, eh, maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I love it because, like, he doesn't go, uh, like, a movie character would go, like, oh, I don't know, I can't go out in this storm. Right. You feel like, you know, you because in the audience, you go, you can't drive in that storm. He's like a guy who lives there, and he's like a guy who's like, I've driven in fucking hurricanes before. Yeah. Let's see, let me look at this storm. 20 minutes. Yeah. I just like, I like those little, <laughs> those little yeah, it'll take me 20 minutes. That's how, yeah, you know, I grew up in snow, you know, and, like, I think people out here go, like, oh, my God, there's snow. On the ground, and I grew up in snow. And you go, like, how long is it take you driving? Eh, so it's snowing. Eh, all right, it'll be a little longer. It'll be twenty minutes. But it's not like I'm not gonna go outside. Right, right. It's not, I'm not gonna not drive through this blizzard. It'll just take me longer. I grew up in hurricanes, <laughs> so like uh, I'm always like, I know this hurricane from the other hurricane. I can figure it. I out just think it's. Quick. I just think it's a f- just nice, waiting for the nice eye touch. to pass over, and then I'll head right on. I think over. it's a nice touch that he doesn't go like I can't go anywhere. Yeah. There's a storm. He goes like I'm still gonna go do the thing. <laughs> and I the thing <laughs> is to confront uh, M. Beth Davids and Tom Berenger who. who we're now yeah. on the boat, and this. Well, is no, this is before that, though. Before that, Downey Jr. goes to their house, and sadly, doesn't doesn't. Oh, make it. I forgot about that. You can't forget that because he sends him there because he's like, you go there and you call me on oh. your cell phone. I'm. He's like, he's like, uh, Downey Jr.'s at the bar, God. and he, uh, Brando's like, go to their house and watch them. I'm gonna go to the bar. You call me there when you when right. you get when you get. When you see what's something's going on, I'm gonna meet you there, and we're gonna we're gonna confront them. Yeah. yeah. And then meanwhile, then his phone doesn't work or whatever. And then like when Branna does show up there, it's like when he finally he, gets he, back he, to the, the boat. Last time, last time you see Danny Jr., he's like outside the window with the lights on. Then Branna shows up there, lights are off. The car that was parked out front, the Behringer's car, 
we have to assume is gone, mm-hmm. and Danny Jr. is not there, and that's. And then the next time we see Danny Jr. is on the boat, he's <laughs> been he's chained up, and he's wrapped in plastic. Plastic. And he's dead. They're gonna. And dump he's him. got. And he's got. He's it, this also kind of. I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but he's got like when they pull the plastic off of his face, his eyes are open, and he has a quintessential Robert Downey Jr. expression, kind of <laughs> like, "Yeah, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> Well, this happened. So yeah, so Branagh <laughs> tracks them to there. Uh, there is a great shot too, where you you don't know that you don't you're like what happened to him. Maybe he's you know, and then like it does where Branagh gets to the boat and he's going through this fence and it does that Altman zoom down yeah. to Robert Downey Jr.'s cell phone, which is ringing because Daryl Hannah's character is trying yeah, to call trying him. To call him. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, he's dead. He didn't he's, make it. He's dead. And, that, and that's also where she reveals that. Um, the will, the will was burned up. They found the will burned up at the, and they're like, well, so everything. So basically, the will was burned up. She set that fire so that the will would be burned, so that uh, regardless of what the will said, she's the next of kin, so she'll inherit. He'll, she'll inherit all his stuff. Yeah. Meanwhile, then like Daryl Hannah finds an actual another will an and goes like, will. "There is actually a will," and she did inherit. She, she he, did. He, inherit he gave everything. her. He gave her everything because mm-hmm. yeah. she was. She thought that he was going to give it to his bum cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so we get the, the some f- shots that were not the highlight of the movie to me. Also, where by the way, she inherits everything anyway because the judge is like, "Well, he didn't have a will, and you're yeah. the only living survivor, so I guess you that's get it." That it was works. their plan. So yeah, that, that's what like, that's what that was their plan. That she's like the yeah. next of kin, so she's gonna get it. But they didn't have to do. But any then of they that didn't. The but then place. they didn't have to do it. They didn't anyway. have to do any of this stuff. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she seems like but when we finally get her mask off, she seems like a pretty hardcore sociopath. So like yeah. maybe she just wanted to do something fucked up. Maybe. You know? But this is where you get the confrontation between uh, Behringer and Kenneth Branagh. And some of these shots, uh, it's it's they're trying to stage it like it's a hurricane. And so Kenneth Branagh has to like go lurching around like the boat is moving around. But yeah. there are certain shots where you can see the lurching and the background, and you can see that the boat is not in fact moving around. <laughs> and so you can really just it just looks like Kenneth. Brana needlessly it's lurching like Star around. Trek, but they're not panning yes, the camera. Exactly. It's it's like <laughs> it's it's not the best. It's the part of the movie that everybody clearly is the least interested in. Yeah, yeah this and, is and not I, what me, all me wanted to make the movie. Sure. I'm watching the movie and I'm kind of like I don't you know wh- I don't the showdown the showdown she, uh, scene is like not going to. She be does have pretty good aim with that flare gun. So and and, yep. and and can I say sec, uh, second sec, second flare second gun flare death, flare gun death in yeah. a, in one of our movies so. and yeah so like so <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is up on last. this up yeah. on this uh, platform struggling with uh, Tom Berenger and then he like turns around so Tom Berenger's back is facing and she sh- she just <laughs> plugs him and this is probably from I don't know thirty yards yeah. away. far away <laughs> right in his back yeah. he falls into the water and the flare goes up it's pretty cool Brana goes I'll to, post it online Branagh goes and confronts her and he's like you know they're she's still playing coy yeah like. As yeah. if she was trying Up to shoot. This, she, he's like, yes. he's like, oh, he's like, oh, lucky shot. And she's like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he like, he like grabs another l- a cartridge for the flare gun and like turns his back to her and is like pretending to reload. And he's gonna go, thing. you here. I'm gonna give this to you and you go shoot it you off. Go shoot we off need, a flare. so we can get people help. There's there's two dead bodies here. We need to get the cops out here. Yeah. Yeah. And she turns around and and points at him and pulls the trigger and it goes it, click immediately. Yeah. Immediately. There's like no right like. Away. Well, now I have a final thing that I say. She just. Yeah. She's just but he, he tricked her, and, and he didn't. He didn't put it, the load then in there. He, then he like puts an or actual one in there, like holds her in the room while she's shrieking. Yeah, yeah she goes. This is the, like total mask off moment where she is just going. Yeah, ah, and it's like kind of scary. And, and he's, he's like, like holding like, the door shut, like they're trying to keep like the raptors from coming in. <laughs> yeah, and that crazy. scene in Jurassic Park, like how how does she know how to open the door? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then then it's then it's the last scene. I think is the scene at the court the yeah. courthouse where he's talking to Daryl Hannah, and she's like she's like we could maybe get you a better deal. He's like nope, this is this he's is like what I deserve. This is what I deserve. It's really it's actually kind of like a good like yeah. a character that you don't see in these movies have growth necessarily. Kind of is like shit. I fucked up, yeah. and I'm disbarred, and I'm gonna get five years community service. 
service, but uh, you know what? I deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> at least my kids are alive. You know? Yeah, he's essentially yeah. like he's essentially like I could have. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm just gonna take. I'm just gonna <laughs> take this. I what? Jesus Christ! I fucked up a lot but here. It's, in, it's shot in this great like uh, this hall hallway that's like a circular hallway and so there's like you can see multiple floors and then he looks up and she's uh and beth davids is getting taken away yeah yeah up top and you i don't know it's uh, she <laughs> stare at each other she's so they scary just, they just do a, she just gives him a serious <laughs> stare down and she's she i don't know what her character's thinking at this point except fuck i'm gonna get out of here and kill that because she hard because she hardcore fucked up yeah <laughs> there's a sequel it's where she's like max katie yeah <laughs> You already sacrificed me, counselor. <laughs> I spent the last ten years in Ape Night Cell. Cause she blew it, and this is a convoluted plot they came up with to like end yeah. up killing her dad to have to have this other guy killer his Patsy killer dad and stuff. Yeah, and like now that's just all all falling apart. And she didn't even need to do it. Right, that's the great part. That's uh. the greatest punchline at the end is that she didn't have to. You could have just. You could you couldn't you didn't have to. Glorious. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's yeah. a really good solid movie. movie. I really I liked it. A lot of fun. Yeah. I just don't really have like a whole lot of lines. It's an Altman movie, so no, there's not a lot of just we like fully delineated lines. We already got some of them, but it's just not that kind of movie. It's really just like also just the performances. Just, yeah. And and like just, um, this movie is pretty basic. Like yeah, yeah. its spine is really basic. The thriller plot is nothing special. It's all about the acting and it's all about Altman. Like this movie would be two stars if Altman had made it. Right. Mm, it would yeah, be the exact so. same script. Even yeah yeah I mean seriously I watched I mean I watched this I watched this immediately after I watched the chamber but I watched this you know day after I'd seen the client yeah. which this has more in common with the client because Absolutely, it goes yeah. different places it's mm-hmm. not just like one set right. basically but it was like that you know that shows it's like I was just going like if you put a good director on this generic material and they're gonna do a thing with it yeah. you know Sch- Schumacher is gonna do what he's hired to do yeah that's it yeah like but Altman's gonna go. Oh, he's gonna, gonna he's gonna take shit. a deep long sigh, smoke a, smoke a joint, yeah. and then go. All right, I don't know how we're gonna do this. Yeah. <laughs> Got to figure out some way to make this fun. How do something. I, how do I make this into an interesting movie? How do I make this into something that anybody would want to watch, right? <laughs> or make, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. While also alienating the studio that right. helped bankrolled yeah. it, <laughs> which is definitely like his part of his agenda is to like fuck with the I studio. Step on as many toes like. as I can. Yeah, seriously. Kind of probably. Yeah, I can't imagine he didn't like go like <laughs> yeah, and then they buried it. But at the same fuck time, it. like uh, he, I was reading, I was reading about that, and he actually, it's it's. It's too bad because I support, I thoroughly support his effort in doing it this way. But at the end, he's like, you know, the, they didn't like it because it's not what the kids go to see, and you know, in a mall. Yeah. And it's like, all right, old man. Yeah, you know, well, okay, you got, but but yeah. you know, he is an old whatever. Man. He's he an was, old man. He was an old man. I do love. He Altman. was a grouchy old man for a long I do time. Love, yeah. I do love old man. I, one of my favorite Altman stories is I think it was I it was I was reading about that show Combat, mm-hmm. and he directed a ton of episodes of that early in his career. He did a lot of TV, and he got uh, fired from the show. For making this episode that actually won a bunch of Emmys, yeah, which is one of the best episodes of the show, and he was like kicked out. He was like kicked out of there, and the like one of star, the Manson girl's favorite show, the star of the show, yeah, according to Once Upon a Time yeah, in Hollywood, right? the the the, uh, the star of the show actually snuck him back onto the set to like continue editing the show because the studio yeah. the like warner brothers or whomever like booted him like actually like physically <laughs> removed him from the, the studio jesus christ smoking that reefer and he, he only got away with like all the half the stuff that he did on mash because uh there was two other uh war movies being shot on the set at the same time and so they just weren't paying attention <laughs> yep yeah <some> classic stuff <laughs> smuggler uh, uh yeah anyway. so uh, uh ratings. ratings three and a half juds yep i'm gonna give it one douglas you know, it's not sleazy. It's just a strange scene. Hmm. There's some nudity, though. Yeah, it's nudity. Full frontal nudity. 
Yeah, but that's not sleaze in and of itself. God, we disagree on this stuff. <laughs> it's I mean, wild. There's, there's plenty of movies where there are <laughs> naked people that you know aren't sleazy. Mm. Uh, it's a weird <laughs> scene. I think it's I think it's more notable for being sort of strangely off kilter. Like the rest of the movie, it's like narratively unsurprising, but that's not what's off balance about it. You know? All right. And I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 strung up cats. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three and a half. Definitely got to go three and a half. Almost four. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it three Douglases. I just, it's not just that scene. There's another scene uh, later on that where uh, Kenneth Branagh is just like, well, we, we sent your daddy to a mental institution. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> it's just that kind of thing going on. Or it's, yeah. And, uh, oh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> Well, t- let me give it a 10 out of 10 kids' faces burned off with uh, cigarettes. <laughs> oh, pictures of pictures kids' faces. Pictures of kids' faces. Uh, it's not quite that kind of movie. Um, I'm, I'm going four Juds. I, I, nice. I think I, I, was, I, I, was, like, I was like, three, I was like three and a half, and then our discussion of it made me like like the movie even more, which happens sometimes. So I'm like, I'm yeah. four, four Juds. I think it's super fun. Everybody should check it out, because I think this is one a lot of people... Don't even just know skip about over, it. yeah. And it's and it's Altman, and I think and it if, has a reputation as being bad. And it's also like not a bad Altman. There are bad Altmans, and I'm a big Altman fan. But I think that like this is one that's actually good. That like I think a lot of people it's w- no Doctor T and the women. <laughs> I think a lot of people, even Altman fans, would like be going through his filmography and maybe go like, yeah, he did a Gershom. I'm gonna skip that one with yeah. Kenneth Branagh. But it's actually like real solid Altman. It like it like fits in with his, his I with mean, his. More. We've discussed that I'm not a huge fan, so this would be top five Altman for me. <laughs> it's really fun. This is, I, I mean, this is up enough. there in top ten Altman for me, and I am a big fan. Yeah. Shoeless know? hobo religious cult. Yeah, mm. and, that, and that brings Come me on. to uh, that brings me to uh, my uh, oh, I mean, Douglas's then two and a half. I think it's it's like you know it's pretty. There's some there's some sex in here and full frontal nudity. I'm going two and a half. Um, it's a little sleazy. RDJ's character is a bit. Uh, that like, part's uh, great. He's a bit, just a bit. Like, he's not coming back. Just his whole. His <laughs> he's whole, not too. He dies. <laughs> he totally not, dies. His whole character is just a bit like. Eh, this guy's a bit gross. Yeah. Uh, but fun to watch. Uh, and I'm giving it ten. Uh, ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Uh, bum. Uh, what were we? Bum, bum cult cults? members. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten hooting and hollering bum cult members. <laughs> and I can't stress enough. Also, we talked a little bit. Doovie is hardly in this, but fucking great. Doovie's really like he's one of those guys too, like Hackman, where you're just like, I don't know if Robert Duvall's ever been bad in a movie, uh, and he also can just show up and be like, they'll be like, here's your part, and he's like, oh okay, he's probably in <laughs> yeah, it. I'm gonna, for... chew, I'm gonna chew. He's a guy who can be very. He's like Tommy Lee Jones in that way too, who can be very bad, but like where they can go like real, real inward and subtle. Or be like a fucking cartoon, yeah. and, and like he's probably <laughs> in it for eight minutes, yeah. and then only has like three lines of dialogue. Robert yeah. Duvall, yeah, and making the most of it though. Oh, he's having a great time. Yeah, running around without his shoes on, <laughs> <laughs> and then like a fucking psychotic Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyway. That's that's our Grisham. That's a Grisham. When you Grisham on a star, sometimes real, you, you get some real, real range turds. there. Yeah, yeah. boy, oh boy, all over the place. So what are we doing next time? Oh well, if we all Teach survive, Teach burn. Teach right. into fish burn. Burn after fish burn after reading. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, exploring the uh, glorious career Paris of Paris fish, fish burning. Burn. Paris fish burning. Jesus That's Christ. pretty good. That's pretty good. We're getting closer. Uh, anyway, so three films. <laughs> three films from the great <laughs> the Lawrence fish burn king. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Searching for Bobby Fishburn. Oh, oh yes. Wait, he's in that. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing too because his name is Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> We're going to be doing Deep Cover, a movie I adore. Oh yeah. boy, I've never seen it. Can't wait. Very silly spy movie, Bad Company. 
That's going to get high Douglases with um, with Ellen Barkin. Ellen right. I've, I've, I've seen I've seen a deep cover, but not. There's a lot of boning in that movie. Oh boy! Nice. And uh, one that I've been looking forward to doing since and one we that started I've this. Never podcast. seen Just Cause. I've never seen this either. You've never seen it, Just Cause. Uh, <laughs> 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 We're going to be making that joke, but it is Just Cause the movie. All with right. Sean Connery, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, others presumably. Ed presumably, Harris, yeah. as a serial killer, back and, from China uh, Moon. <laughs> And uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and all that jazz and letterboxes and stuff and uh, comment and f- get on yeah. Patreon. Well, we've got all this time on our hands, you know, assuming you're you're uh, on lockdown like the rest of us. Uh, you know, get on get on there, iTunes, and write something nice. Yeah. Give us a five star review; it would help. We, yeah. we love it. And get on our Patreon. We've got uh, we've got four up, so three up. Oh, yeah. By the time this comes out, another one. Yeah, we've got, and we'll have we have we have two more in the What's can the that are ready one? to come out. Natural born. Killers. Natural Born Killers, Natural Born Killers, Killers is, the next is coming one. Yeah. up. Uh, yeah, so that that will be out before this episode. That's so, right. Uh, yeah, so get on there. Enjoy us talking about movies that aren't uh, suspense movies that we hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, until it. then, suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye.